We in here. So it's a very dramatic moment right now. <laughs> There's a black man who lost to Luis Arias. After he knocked him down to the ground, as we do, knock our opponents down to the ground, and somehow they get back up, and a split decision says we lost. How did we lose? Yeah, I think this is an overarching uh, analogy for what's going on in the country today. I would have to agree. <laughs> but we're going to leave it right there. No, we're not. <laughs> Whenever the black man huh. gets on up, mm -hmm. beats down his opponent, evil whites. But this is a Hispanic guy. Well, he's a representation of the evil whites. What? I'm just what, are <laughs> what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? Hi, kid. Yay. Orale. Good job, Louis. Sorry. Right. for everyone. Either way, the black guy should have won. He actually did do a better job in this fight, personally. Ah, uh, no. Look at this guy keep coming out. Did he win? <laughs> Nobody wins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's okay. It's not like Devion wasn't in the original episode. Devion's out here voguing out here. <laughs> yeah, so um, tell me this guy's name. Heard. Heard. Clearly, he's not being heard or listened to at all. I see what you did there. I mean, listen, I got a couple bars for these people. Anyways, today's a special episode of Men on the Internet. I'm Kelby. I'm Sunil. All right, so today, Chris is not here. He's laundering around on the couch with his loved one. Um, Shout out to Chris and his anniversary, man. Way to keep the relationship going for, what's it now? Mm, 17. 17 years. 17, 18, something about that. Wow. Yeah, so we're at the house watching the Logan Paul. Um, Floyd Mayweather. This guy over here talking about black this, black that. Forgets, remembers the white person's name. Mm -hmm. Can't remember the black Kang's name. What's Kang? Wow. Yeah. Where'd you get that term from? South. That's a slave. <laughs> <laughs> That's a slave term. Thanks. So anyway, we're watching the Floyd Mayweather fight. Uh, we're going to be commenting on it live. So uh, before it happens, there's some, there's like two things I wanted to talk about on this episode. The first one is the disrespect that business owners get. Whoa, we're going deep, deep. Yep. What happened? I thought about it all week. You know, why do people, especially in the age of entrepreneurship, Everybody mm. thinks it's so cool to own a business. Right. Why do you want to get punished for that? Mm. We, the entrepreneurs, create every opportunity for some other person to do 30% of their job and beg for more money. Wow. That's right. You guys suck at your job and you beg for more when you're not even worth it. Wow. And then you say, <laughs> get it away from the boss because what did we do? Just sacrifice everything to hopefully make this thing work, and then once we figured it out, we hired you? Wow. The disrespect that business owners get, have, it has to stop. Yo, it's tell, not easy. Tell me who hurt you. The people. What happened? What happened that sparked this thought? 
Well, I, I was having a conversation with people, with somebody, and they just said, the only thing the Republicans are good for, not to say that's what I am, but they said the only thing the Republicans are good for are business owners. Who do you think you work for? <laughs> Who do you think pays your bills? It's not you. I mean, it is you contributing your time and effort, but did you create the position? Did you create the opportunity? No. Somebody else decided that, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a shot in the dark. And for us to always get blamed for things, just because you own a business doesn't make you an evil person. And and you trying to keep as much of the money that you earned rightfully is not a bad thing. So that upsets me. So I think a lot of it plays in the role of how, wow, Brendan Schaub is announcing for this. Looking snazzy with the salmon jacket. He's definitely trying to uh, Mario Lopez his way. Yeah, out for sure. Slick back hair, whatnot. Which but one would you bang? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so going back to um, going back to uh, the original rant that you were on, I feel like a lot of this is recent, right? I would say this is a Bernie Sanders movement. And the reason for that is all – so obviously chaos breeds um, the ability to control. Mm-hmm. And so you always have to put pit one person versus the other, right? You started the show pitting white person versus black person. Okay, I didn't um, do that. They did that. <laughs> um, you know, like it's going to be, uh, you know – Crips versus Bloods, Lakers versus Celtics. Okay, but the Lakers have to go against the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like I'm saying like rivalries, right? You have to create one versus the other. So, what's the what what is the um, way to get inclusive of as many people and have like a very small um, like opponent mm-hmm. or that's powerful but few mm-hmm. is uh, elites versus um, or rich people versus poor, poor people, people, right? And, and that's so, not new, though. Yeah, that's not new, but here's the problem. It's on steroids now. Well, and I think this is where I un- un- understand, because whenever they paint this picture of evil entrepreneurs, they're talking mm-hmm. about four or five people or yes. entities yes. that are um, – maybe hoarding wealth if they want to put it that way There's which no I, I i understand i'm using terms that yes. are being used through this yes um we don't have to get triggered <laughs> by everything kelby right now um, i'm but, <laughs> i'm here man i'm here to go so so um what they don't understand is 98 percent of entrepreneurs are small business owners. Yes. And 80-something percent or 70-something percent of jobs are created by small business owners. And what I mean by small business owners are they are entrepreneurs, they are owners of their own business, but they aren't making billions and billions of dollars. No. You can be a business owner making $40,000, making $50,000. With and, employees. Yeah, with employees. With there employees. are a lot of business owners that start out where their employees actually make more money than themselves. It happened to me for like five years. For sure. And that is what people don't understand that are always employees. They do not understand the sacrifice, the ups and downs, the fear that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's a 24-7 lifestyle. It's like trying to get in shape. Correct. It's a lifestyle change. 
You have to you wake up and you die thinking about this. Sure. And at the end of the day, if anything goes wrong, the employee only loses their job. The Thank business you. owner loses everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. And yeah, get them. Like the one thing that I, I love to I love when people talk about like my dad tells me all the time, like we need to we need to tax businesses more. And I'm like, well, why? Corporate tax for what? And he's like, because these business owners are out here taking money from everybody. And I was like, okay, are they stealing it? No, it's just well, what? But what? what? Right. The thing is, there is this like jealousy effect. You know, I saw on Instagram today or the other day, they said that in any state, if you make minimum wage, you alone cannot afford a two bedroom apartment by yourself. And if you go into the comments, it is. It's black versus white in there. And it's not, I'm, th- I'm talking about race. I'm talking about idea. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying, why don't you just get a one bedroom? <laughs> Other people are saying, well, I have kids. It's government's job to pay me more or to force businesses to pay me more because I have children. Well, wait yeah. a second. I didn't make those children. I didn't decide those things for you. Right. Who is this guy coming from University of Miami? I don't know this guy's name. I think this is the fight before the Logan. Yeah, there's fight. four fights tonight. Yeah. Really smart of them. Really sorry to break out, out of, you know, off topic, but really smart of them to put these uh four three fights before. They put the celebrity fight in the beginning, they put two real boxing matches in in the center and uh it's, it's a nice sandwich what we're looking at. It's a very very nice Mayweather's no joke, man. He Mayweather knows promotion doing. knows what he's doing. He what this he's is doing. way better than the Triller Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Fiasco? <man>. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's no, there's no Yo, psychedelics going Snoop. on. About Snoop Dogg, the, <laughs> the colors are much nicer. Um, it looks professionally done. The announcers aren't talking about weed the whole time. It's actually, uh, <laughs> you know, it's actually like a, an event that's worth watching. Yeah, this, this is very, very nice. I'm I'm actually quite enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, back to your point as far as like um, making businesses evil. You were saying, yeah, you know, and you were talking about how minimum wage can't afford. Yeah, two so bedroom. you know, I, I do understand that. By I the believe. way, this dude looks like he's about to destroy the other guy. He really does. One thing he's about, about to these lose. fights, they don't look like they're in the same weight class. Like I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> this guy needs a better barber. I'll tell you. <laughs> That hairline is going from. And I don't know about the neon from cream. San Francisco to Florida. I don't Florida. know about that pleather jacket that he's wearing. Well, he's right just now. trying to burn the last couple calories. I guess so. The, well, let me see what his name is. Got to be Johnson. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> oh, I like how they put that auto nation in the back. His, shot, his like, first name really has fun. to be Langston. Nah, he ain't Langston. He's a Devonte. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> oh God! Wow! And you know who know who's gonna get canceled over this? You. I know. Not me. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, how'd you know about Durante? I don't even know. I look like my cousin, maybe. Wow! <laughs> you know, the other day somebody said, "I'm trying to be as dark as Kelby this summer." What? What? What ethnicity? Oh, come on now. <laughs> You, that out of context you, has to be. You, 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 know, you know how the whites operate. <laughs> wow. When he said that, I was like, damn, we still say it? Wow, man. I'm not offended by it because, oh, Badu Jack. Is he Haitian? He's a bad dude. 
You feeling this green, the, the green trim? If he's Haitian, the... everything he's doing is perfect. <laughs> Let's just keep it like that. Um, oh, the Showtime app crashed. Is everybody watching this? Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. These guys are geniuses. You believe uh, Mayweather's making 50 to 100 mil off this fight? <sighs> all in all, yeah. Him, he, personally, he's pocketing 50 to 100 mil. Nah. Uh, well, See, you know I, what know, I, I know that, uh, let's say it's $50 million. Mm-hmm. He's not making 50 million. But you know what, what? He's probably making $5 million. But you know what's crazy? He's also Mayweather promotion, so he probably is adding, because yeah. he makes the company yeah, and the charges. fighter. Yeah, exactly. Let's see, Badu Jack. Oh, he's Swedish. Damn, then that leather's whack. <laughs> yeah, not, nothing special to see here. Moving on. Um, I, I do. They think couldn't th- even get a buffer. I I do think that mainly because um, of the the promotion that led up to this. Mm-hmm. There's money being made. He said there was tw- he made twenty to thirty million even before For sure. fight night. See, I tried to tell you the other day. I was like, Yo, look. They are doing more promotion than you recognize that they're doing. Yeah, they are, they clearly did because I only saw this last week they did promotion. Mm-mm. They I, they did the thing on Snapchat. They would they had a lot of promotion and they did they promoted for seven months. That's why when people say, "Oh, he's gonna make this for thirty minutes," no, he's not. He's making this for seven months of work. The promotion of this part, I think, is more work than the actual fight because this is where it culminates to all the promotional work. That was done before before the fight, but Logan Paul he put the work in to promote this fight. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with whatever he had instilled, anyways. Because oh, for sure, I mean, that's why he's in this position. Right, right, right. That's why he's in this position. And that's one thing that you got to give credit to Floyd is his last few fights that he's he's uh, taken have been with entities that already have a a base. And still, like Conor McGregor already had a base where he knew, you know, he didn't have to do all the heavy lifting when he fought the dude in Japan um, for supposedly $9 million that ended in, like, the first round. (laughs) The dude was crying. Yeah, that guy, um, obviously, Ryzen has its own promotion, and they did all the heavy lifting for that. And then now, you know, he's fighting Logan Paul, who obviously has a huge fan base in the YouTube uh, social media space and... You know, Floyd Mayweather just gets to, you know, to, you know, do the same thing, work out the same way he probably always works out mm-hmm. and, you know, cash cash out with, you know, 20 to 50 million dollars. You know what I love about this is it is unorthodox business. As I understand, the world of boxing is not what it used to be. It's not what everybody was tuning in to go see the boxing matches, correct? Only the big names are, are getting pulled. Okay. Pulled. So with that being said, I think that sometimes you don't have to play the game you've always played to reach new people. If new people don't want to take your message the way that you've always sent it, then try a different message. Right. And with Floyd being the businessman that he is, going back to that, he deserves, matter of fact, as a black businessman, he, he deserves $300 million, period, for this. Okay? No taxes. <laughs> oh okay? man. That's how I feel. So with Badu Jack over here, he gotta make at least five. You know, so f- my thing is he put the Chad Oko Ocho Cinco match first right. to make sure like, all right, you're gonna watch this whole pay per view. 
And everybody here, we're saying their names. Chad Johnson, we're saying his name. He's already famous. Right. And the other guy, I don't know who he is, but. Uh, he was in MMA, bare knuckle boxing. Okay, so there you go. Now we watch, we're watching Bad Dude Jack. I would have never known his name. I'm probably going to go follow him on Instagram if he wins. If he loses, then. Even though he's not Haitian? I mean, he's still a brother. I mean, <laughs> a Swedish brother, but you know what I mean, he all right. They do not look like they're in the same weight class, though. Uh, no, well, you know the the black man is the dominant man. In my life, you know Here we I mean? go. <laughs> Here we go. You know he might be the same weight, but he just carried a muscle a little different. But either way, I, I think I, 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 actually the shorts actually look better than what they when he had the jacket on. I mean, he looks uh, amazing. I like the uh, the short and the and the and the gloves. It reminds me of Lomachenko's gear. He has a great fade. But the lineup. Is I thought crazy. you just said his. his the lineup hair. is crazy. The lineup is no as bueno. But the fade is nice. Uh, yeah, anyways, like I was talking. Is about, this your first event ever? Boxing event? No, I watched uh, Floyd uh, fight. Uh, McGregor? I did watch that one, but I also watched him fight um, Filipino brother. Pacquiao. Pacquiao. I seen him fight Pacquiao. I also watched the AB match. Broner? Yep. Versus he. Maidana? Give me starting the line. I only know the black people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know all the mother. You know I mean, <laughs> if that's what you are, then that's what's up. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I do. I do actually kind of enjoy these nights because, you know, people cook. They all hang out. They come together. You know what culture has the best like boxing match nights? The Filipinos. Yeah, man. They come together. They make the best food. It's a beautiful night. It's the really about the food, bro. Oh, my God. It's really I, about the food. I went to food. one of those things. It was me and a white girl. We went out there <laughs> and had the greatest night. They were so hospitable. We were the only people there who didn't come from Asia. It was just a beautiful night. They were dancing with us, having a good, beautiful time, giving us food. It was just amazing. Like, I just love that culture. Yo, oh, get man. the bootleg back up. <laughs> we gotta edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> they got porn coming all up. <laughs> There's a girl three miles away. That <laughs> she wants you. Yo, type in. Yo, you free? <laughs> you really want me? I'm a nice guy. Anyways, I'm sorry. I, we went through m multiple topics here, but since I'm on the mic right now, I'm going to just say this. I think that uh, there's too much judging people without you walking into their shoes. That was the point that I was trying to make. There's another thing that I wanted to talk about. What affects you today that never affected you years ago? Dairy. <laughs> You might be black. <laughs> I'm on my black. You know why I'm very black this episode? Why? This week I had an existential experience. Man, you, you can't even pronounce the word. This existential. <laughs> I'm not even sure that's what I had. But <laughs> I, I, I woke up one day and, and I just was going around town doing my regular, regular, regular. And I started looking around and I was like, do I belong here? Wow. It was it was this weird feeling of me being like I don't think I belong here, and I I w you must I, have just watched the movie Soul. 
No, I it wasn't like do I belong on the planet. I was just like the the racial demographic of Los Angeles where I was. Uh, it was just like I see everybody who's kind of like in a clique already, who's were already you, with their own Hollywood? type of people. No, no, no. Well, I did go to West Hollywood, but I was here in <laughs> North Hollywood. Okay. And I was just like, dang, like if you're Mexican here, you already can make friends. Like y'all speak the same language, you know. You I mean, that's kind of anywhere in California. But that's what I'm saying. I was like, shit, do I even belong here? And then I started looking around. I was like, dang, man, like, where's the black people? But then, and I typically, like, don't, I don't typically have that, like, churning in my stomach to just be like, I need black people around me to feel safe. Like, no, you know, it's not a normal thing. I can hang around anybody. But I just had this weird moment this week. And then I went to the gym. I was looking around. I was like, yo, they don't even got a black person working here. But then I realized, I do remember there's a black guy who's working there at night. And of course, they had to give him the graveyard. Wow. But it wasn't until I started seeing other black people walk into the gym. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> this is fine. But it, it was just a weird moment that I never experienced before. And Why, I, and what do you think sparked it on? I, you know, I think that man is not supposed to be alone um, but a, you, a lot. And and that even goes in tribes and not only in relationships, but in like your people that that resemble you or people who carry similar ideas to you. And it gave me, to be honest with you, it gave me this like resounding sense of loneliness throughout the week. I, I, I was walking around just kind of like, dang it, do I, I feel like I'm all by myself here. And it, it could be because my friends moved away. Like, Redman moved to Vegas. Bree moved to Atlanta. You know, Devion's never here. So I just kind of was like, dang, I feel like I'm walking around here by myself. Well, I feel so special right now. I um, told you you but... got all your family here. Like... <laughs> I don't got no family here. <laughs> but but here, here, I have an interesting question. Or maybe, maybe it's not, but I think it's interesting. So... In history, right, usually you grow up around, like, we're talking thousands and thousands of years ago. Most people in each country looked like the same, right? Yeah. If you're in Africa, you look like you're African. If you're in India, you look like a certain color. If you're in Europe, you look like a certain color. Russia, so on and so forth. It's not till like, recently where we really see uh, a diverse community of, like, everybody looking different from different cultures where there's equality right because back then you know maybe you there was like uh slavery not just here in the u.s but i'm saying like all over like i was watching um game of thrones right and Mm -hmm. there was like uh the darker skin color people were the slaves and you know the even even two other you know darker skinned people but they were lighter skinned darker if that makes any sense but anyways so my question is do you think that feeling comfortable around people that look like you is an innate thing or is that a learned behavior no it's an innate thing here's how here's how i know it is when you're in middle school Uh uh-huh and you go to lunch Uh uh-huh you automatically just start walking towards people who resemble you but resemble in what way because I think that you go, you, I agree with that, but I don't know if it's by skin color or mannerisms. It's so, like 90% skin color. I don't, see, that's... And, and by that, I mean a certain sense of culture, too. 
because there's different black people like black not all black people are the same there i remember in, in high school middle school they used to have the like anime black kids right but i was like yo y'all stay away from me <laughs> right but it was just kind of like the people that out that were kind of like me that were like you know hung around like first a lot of first generation black people like haitians and stuff like that jamaicans um because we had this similar at home life and we all ate the same chicken that our grandma made the night before you know what i'm saying but it was like it wasn't Do you remember a- high school yeah so when i what i remember from high school was you definitely hung out around your group but your group wasn't defined by your race your group was defined by i guess like your status in the school so the athletes hung out with the athletes regardless of what color they were mm-hmm. the um the art um the drama people mm-hmm. hung out you what know, back in the people? corner. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like, the drama, but hey, look, all the drama people now are rich, like, actors and actresses and whatnot. But hey, the drama people hung out with the drama people. The, the band hung out with the band. The uh, nerds hung out with the nerds, like, um, and so on and so forth, right? It wasn't like, it wasn't, um, and everybody was intermingled as far as race-wise. So that's where I'm, I'm trying to understand. Maybe this – obviously, I went to high school years ago, right? We're talking about 20 years ago yeah, when I was in high school yeah. where even though race was obviously a, a topic, it wasn't as strong of a topic as it is, no. you know, nowadays. And no, so true. I'm wondering now if all of this, like, what you're talking about, what you're feeling, you said, I've never felt this way before. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe some of this, these feelings are because of how much we're surrounded by. Like, even our jokes are different, right? Now our jokes are all about race. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? We shouldn't be joking about race. I know, but I'm saying, like, no. let's be real. Like, right. we, we wouldn't, like, 10 years ago when we, were fr- when we met, we weren't making these same type of jokes. I mean, I feel like I was, but I've always been uh, bad at realizing what people like. Yeah, but no, I'm saying, like, I'm talking, like, prevalence obviously like we, we make these type of jokes but like not like if you think about how much we make stereotypical jokes now as right. far as like specifically black versus white the world you know what i mean it's yes. like it's every joke all right so th- this is what high school like was like for me it was a mixture of both things if you were an athlete you did hang out with the athletes if you were a drama person you did hang out with the drama people so much so. i was a i was a friend to every group I, like I was just that person. I hung yeah. out with the Hispanic people. I hung out, but at at any point in time, it always felt like you had your core black people. That it was just like, whew, okay, I can always just kind of get away from this melting pot and just go be with like what felt like my people, you know. And and I didn't really realize it at the time. Like my my good buddy John. John is is Jamaican and. In a like when when we, when I used to ride the, the the cheese bus, it was like I could hang out with anybody, mm-hmm. and anybody wanted to hang out with me, you know. But I hung out with John, a, a Jamaican guy who lived right down the street from me, you know. Like I I purposefully went out of my way to hang out with John. Now that's not to say that I couldn't have hung out with Stephen, who's Hispanic. Like Stephen was a cool dude, but I after school. When I thought I was going to be Shaq, I purposefully went to the playground across the street from my house to go play basketball with John. Like, it was all me and John, and I felt really safe 
there. Not now looking back at it, back then it was just like, oh, John's a cool dude, you know. But it was. It's not until now that I'm like reanalyzing what the situation was, where it was like John is the only person that I I I I really was like, I'm cool hanging out with this guy. If 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 he was like, can I come over? I would definitely talk to my mom and because we weren't allowed to have anybody over. But I would go out of my way to try and see if John can come over. If another person said that, I don't know. You know, I may try a little bit, but that's about it. But it, I think that if you saw another Indian person just off the fact that you guys may speak the same language, all of a sudden you might have a connection. with them. Sure. But I think there's a difference between feeling a connection and. Like <clears throat> surrounding yourself only by them. I mean, nah, we ain't gonna do that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm talking about that because the conversations that you were having, where I'm looking around, feeling like I don't belong here. Yeah. When reality is the type of industry you're in, mm-hmm. the type like the type of uh, hustle that you have. Mm-hmm. I mean. There's a ton of people that are like you in these. Yeah, but I'm also like, I don't like I remember one time I went to this audition and it was for a Haitian role and I'm first generation American. Right. My my parents are from Haiti. Both of them. My mm-hmm. grandparents are from Haiti. And in Florida, <laughs> it's not hard to find Haitians. You know what right. I mean? It's just not hard. In New York, it's not hard to find Haitians. You just open up the front door and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Haitians. But here in L.A., it's not that easy to find. I do recognize that there are a lot of Haitians around here, but I just don't find them. You know, maybe I don't go out of my way to go find them and whatever. But I went to that audition and it was a room filled with Haitian and like three Jamaican guys. And I was just like, y- y'all don't even belong here. Like, you know, that they, they automatically were like, we don't we're not Haitian. Like they didn't know the words, you know. And so just being in this room filled with people, they were speaking Creole. There was guys who just was like straight off the boat. Like it just felt like home. I was just like, oh, snap. You know, we started making like Creole jokes and, you know, you know, bun on pit, like just all the stuff that just yeah. makes you feel comfortable. And I remember that day me leaving there like, oh, my gosh, this felt amazing. You know, I was around these folks. But you how know. long do you think that'll last? Because as you're one generation removed, so you have strong ties to your Haitian culture that Ooh. probably... Yes, Badu knocked him down. Let's go! No, don't get back up. Well, you know what? He wants to get beat some more. Dang. Get back up, Jack. He rose. He rose. No, not Jack. Yes, Colina. So... What is that flag? I don't even know, man. Um, but... uh. So I I, th- I think about this often as well. Like I have strong ties to my Indian culture and heritage because my parents are straight from India, right? But my tie to the Indian culture is nowhere near their tie to the in- Indian culture. Oh, yeah. totally so different. I'm probably, even though I have one foot in the Indian culture, one foot in American culture, it's probably more towards American culture. And then sure. the next generation, if I'm ever blessed with kids, is going to be even further removed from the Indian culture mm-hmm. and more into the American culture mm-hmm. and so on and so on and so forth, right? Yep. So same with you, right? I'm sure even though you're very close to, wow, knock him down again, you're really close to bad dudes about to put this 
That dude ain't playing around, yo. Once he once he left the barbershop with that lineup, hey, he he, knew. he, he saw violence. He saw he rent. said he said, Hey, <laughs> if they gon' if they gonna fuck my lineup, I'm gonna fuck this dude up. So um Adam Jack. <laughs> that's what so, I'm talking uh, about. Four or ten. You're just knocking out, man. So um even though you're you know, you're tied into your Haitian culture, it's probably nowhere near as close as your mom and your dad who came, you For know, sure. straight from Haiti. So I wonder like if they have this crazy sense of loneliness too. But what I'm saying is like Soon, like further and further away from, you know, generation after generation, we're all in this melting pot here that's called, you know, America and American mm-hmm. culture, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Now, the thing is, is like, do we allow American culture to be what bonds us or do we continue to make it about skin color, race, socioeconomic, whatever it is to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. get him, Jack. Oh my gosh, he's bleeding uh, from the he's mouth. He's spitting up blood. Oh. oh no, that's his mouthpiece. Oh. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, it's a wrap. Go ahead, Jack. He's ready to go to sleep. Go ahead, Jack. Once I saw that fade. <laughs> All right. Look at his face. Perfect. Yeah, he has great skin. You, you never noticed that about people? Nah, I don't really <laughs> just sit there and look at people and define their skin tone and Yeah, no, his whatever. skin is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> My dude. Kind of got some game vibes to him. He does, with the game only wishes, with his stupid print pictures. Wow. Yeah, th- th- that's my guy right there, Jack. This was uh, the game before all the tattoos. Yeah, that was <laughs> loading. <laughs> game, game loading. Um, yo, so here's the thing: you can't, you can't stop. Um, you know, you you can't stop and remove your culture. Because here's the one beautiful thing about American culture: there's no such thing really as American culture because everybody's from somewhere. And when you mix a little bit of this and a middle, a little bit of that and a little bit of that, you then create American culture. So the beautiful thing is. It's not up to me to decide that I'm no longer going to share my culture with either because I definitely know maybe my child, if somebody wants to do that with me, um, (laughs) you know, they they may not be able to speak Creole. They may not be able to speak French with me, you know, because they're just removed from it. They don't want to learn or anything like that. But they're going to know a little bit like something is going to get passed down. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to define our relationship. You know, and it's going to be important to them, even if it's just a little bit, because that's our that's my contribution to this world, uh, the world that we currently live in, which is the United States. It's the fact that, yeah, I'm not exactly like you because you can introduce me to something. It's so beautiful. The other day I was driving by and I went to go buy this car. I saw this Mexican um, Ethiopian cafe. A Mexican Ethiopian cafe. Mm. And I was just like, how do you even mix those two things together? How do you how do you find the foods that max that match and mix from Ethiopia and from Mexico? And from there, I was just like, you see, this is the beautiful thing about United States, where people from all over the place come here and they don't throw away their their culture. They celebrate it. But see, we're talking about two different things. I feel like we're not. So what I'm saying is I know of a lot of Indian people who are my generation that have kids mm-hmm. that their kids are the only thing that makes them Indian is the way that they look mm-hmm. and maybe their last name. Mm-hmm. They grew up in 
America, so this is what, second generation. They don't speak anything of the language. They've never been back to the country. They um, are more into American culture than they are anything with Indian culture. Indian culture is, yeah, so what Mm -hmm. I'm saying is, I don't think that they look at another Indian and feel like, oh, that's my bond. I think they, they do. I know this because some of these guys are my nephews. And they don't look at another Indian kid. They feel more comfortable with the white or the Mexican kid that's in their school mm-hmm. than, than just like an Indian kid and the white kid and the Mexican kid are all the same to them depending on where they come from neighborhood-wise, like well, socioeconomic-wise. When they're at home, do they have a little bit of Indian culture? N- not really. See, that, I think that that's the difference. So I have a cousin who married a white guy. And then I have uh, in the same family a cousin that married Indian, and then uh, the oldest married an Indian, but they're like completely removed from the family, so they raised it without any like family bonds, ties, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So those kids, all some of them are like engaged right now, mm-hmm. all to white, like a white girl. Damn. And then my then the the ones that I'm the closest to are half white, half Indian. He's playing hockey. There's no other Indians on the hockey team. It's just him mm-hmm. and a bunch of like white people, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then my um, the the girl is in ice skating and all this kind of stuff. There are some Indians in there, but you know, it's like they don't sit there and like mm-hmm. I'm Indian. Yeah, they're sit there and they're like I'm in, I'm American, and their friends are just whomever have the same interests of them. Right. And I think as you go further and further away from those that actually came from the other country you're gonna get more and more where it's like forced upon them to look at people by skin color race culture all that kind of stuff versus what innately they would just react to and so, i so think what are, what are you saying as far i away? think that I, I think that one of the well, going back to why you're feeling the way you're feeling i think part of it is innate i think part of it is what we're surrounded by where everything is about race everything is about we got to define you by your skin color but by I, how much I money really you make feel like it's that but you've never felt this way before what's the only thing that's different now well, you've I been could, living also be... you've been living here for a long time i know yeah and but here's here's the thing I think that I just miss home. Like, to be honest with you, I think I just miss, like, like seeing my friends who are from home and get, like, this culture. Like, they just... And it's not it's not to say that, like, I wish I was there all the time, blah, blah, blah. But I just, you know, you'd be on Instagram and I see my friends from home who are like when Haitian Day, um, Haitian Flag Day passed by, they were doing all types of stuff. And it was like, oh, shoot, that reminded me of when I was a kid. And, you know, we used to do all this stuff together. And, you know, as a person who grew up in church, it was just like what Haitian people do at church. You know, to me, it's not really about black people like i think black people because that's the closest thing that you know i'm gonna relate to in the room and i also don't think that it's a bad thing to to relate to some black people i think that even like some white people just gotta scan the room sometimes like, Yo, let me just find another white person because i know when uh when, when tiger you know i had a tiger comes on mm. i know what white person's gonna sing with me you know what i'm saying so it's like I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but my my 
my actual thought is I think it's a positive thing because every time that I like to talk about the Haitian culture here in, in California and we get into like sharing food and sharing stories. Like I remember when me and Louis, um, shout out to my, my guy, Louis, um, you know, Louis is a Haitian from Boston, you know, and, 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 and <laughs> East coast Haitians like Northern and Florida Haitians are a little different. But, you know, what connects us is this culture that like a lot of a lot of it is ultimately the same. And I remember when, you know, we ordered this this Haitian food for the office and everybody ate it. And it was like Armenian people ate it. White people ate it. Um, and, you know, of course, me and Louis ate it. And everybody was just like in awe. They were just having this beautiful time. Um eating this Haitian food and we get to talk to them. I, I think we did a food podcast with um, Kirk as well, just speaking on, uh, you know, our culture and our background and why it's important to us where it's not a negative thing. It's just positive. And, and we gave, you know, we gave him a little bit of insight of who we are, where our family comes from. What did we grow up eating? I, I'll never forget when I was a teenager, my grandma used to hate, uh, when we ate McDonald's or she used to hate when we ate fast food or any of that junk food or anything like that. And, you know, us being the Americanized kids that we are, it was, you know, we didn't we didn't really get it. You know, we, we my grandma made the food every single day it was rice, beans, chicken, same old, same old that all Haitians eat. But after a while, you know, in that in that moment, we were just like, man, I'm over this. I don't want to eat any more dewy sauce pie, you know, all this legume and all this kind of stuff. It was just like, dude, I've I've eaten this every day in my life and we're not in Haiti. You know, I just want to go eat what my friends are eating only for 15 years later uh, for me to miss all that and just be like, dang, you know, I was connected connecting and so connected to to my culture even though you know it's 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 my it's not my primary culture because i guess my primary culture is is being is the american culture but even if it's those the secondary culture that at home culture um you know i i miss it like i th i think about it all the time where you know my grandma's not around anymore my mom isn't here to cook and you know make all that stuff like when my parents came for my surgery they were cooking all that Haitian food for me. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe I missed this so much. It was just such an amazing. It's just amazing. I think just to connect with you your, just sound homesick, my dude. It's not it's not it's homesick, but it's not really homesick per se. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's just like there's this lack. There's just like missing void here that just kind of hit me for a quick second where it was just like, dang, I, I don't you know, I don't I don't see it the way that it was back at home. Um, but, uh, you know, it's now that I'm talking about it out loud that I'm trying to make sense of it. But it wasn't until that moment in the gym where I was like, okay, I see another black person. I'm cool. You know? <laughs> but I didn't have but a I moment. I get the homesick part because, like, so when I was growing up, I have the same thing. When I was growing up eating Indian food every single day because my mom was making Indian food and all this kind of stuff. But then I'm like, man, I wish we could just get, like, eat some tacos or get some pizza or you know whatever it was like and then when i left home you know at 17 um you know and i'm just like out in the real world and could eat whatever i want all this kind of stuff and i was then all of a sudden i'm like man you know what i really miss 
Yep. <laughs> and now every time I go home, uh, my mom says, what do you want? Like, do you guys want, do you want to go out? All this kind of stuff. I'm like, nah. You Not only do it. I only want to eat stuff that you made, Mom, I want you to make stuff that I could take with me <laughs> so I could eat it for the next two weeks as you, it's frozen in my um, refrigerator yeah. and in my freezer and all that kind of stuff. So I get that. Like, I think it's just we have a better appreciation the further out we are from it, that we appreciate those moments that where you're in the moment, you know, you don't appreciate it as much. So Yo, this thing ain't working out. They don't want to watch. They don't want us to watch it. Look, I don't know why Showtime is not like. I mean, we have clearly purchased this. Yeah, right. Yo, Showtime, get your act together. Yo. <laughs> 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 Figure it out, Showtime. Uh, so yeah. Either way, uh, oh maybe. Oh, you are on the five G. Uh, I'm trying to just see if. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so I don't know. You know, it, it could be a homesick thing, but it could just, I don't know. Like, sometimes you just feel like a fish out of water and it, and it just hits you. But then other times it's just like, you know what? I was just being emotional. Like, here's something that I felt this week. That's why I asked you, like, what's something that didn't used to affect you that affects you now? So I realize now as an adult, more and more, I would say just about every single day, I get more infuriated when people ignore me like mm. it just bothers me to the soul and i'm super petty so i will ignore people better than they ignore me you know and as a as a, as a form of punishment but it's not really punishment because you ignore me you don't want to talk to me anyways but i just like that seriously bothers me and I don't know when that started because people used to ignore me all the time as a teenager and it was never a big deal. It's probably more about like just respect. I think the flip side I could probably understand more for me, I would say is like less things that used that um more things that used to bother me in the past don't bother me anymore. That I think and that I think that's natural progression. But I I guess Things did not bother me that much as a teenager. And then just over time, it was just like this little thing. And and you know what I think it is? I think it's just becoming a curmudgeonly old man. You know where the guy's <laughs> like, don't step on my grass. And they, they're like stuck in whatever it is that they do. Like, I like it this way. That's how I want it. I'm stubborn. This is what I want. This is how I want it. Point blank, period. And I think I'm just becoming that where I'm like, you know what? I know what I like. I, I like what I know. And that's it. Some things I just don't want to change. Point blank, period. Um, but the ignoring part, because I always feel like I get ignored by people who shouldn't really be ignoring me. <laughs> so then I get into my feelings. And I'm like, yo, what gives you the right to ignore me? Now, I'd understand if you was a real busy person and, you know, you was doing all types of stuff in life. But... You, not you, but you, the person who is, you know, like, I just make it make sense. Do you think maybe you now just value your time bit different than you used to? Yeah, but I, I, I think I definitely do. Because before, everybody could get anything from me. You know, like, if you just ask me to do something, I will do it. But nowadays, I'm like, okay, I really spent my time to reach out to you. I was thinking about you, you know, for some for in certain cases, like I went out of my way to go do something nice for you and for you to ignore it. 
or to ignore me. It's just like, I don't want to say it hurts my feeling, but it definitely makes me want to go fight. Bruh, this has never happened ever. For I, any, I'm noticing. For any event ever. So shout out to Mayweather Promotions for... <laughs> shutting showtime shutting showtime down all right so, well well we're gonna, we'll come back we'll come right back okay i don't know if this is bobby valentino or not but <laughs> he's singing it yo let me turn this up sorry if you guys hear this in the background so we had some it issues but i called my cousin from india and uh we got it all fixed <laughs> it's really racist <laughs> is it i don't know <laughs> This go, this guy can sing though. Mm. Yeah, you know we can. Very few things. How we you can't feeling do. about this gold jacket though? Fire. Like I never want. I mean, you can rock it. No, I'm saying. Remember, like from uh, Happy Gilmore, <laughs> want to get that gold jacket like mm. I never got. Okay, okay, okay. Is yeah, he, he look, he is those, like, Are those pearls? He looks like a billion dollars. Whoever this guy is, he looks amazing. I'm just not sure who it is. Is it Vado? Not Vado. Who's the guy? Who's the guy who sings the like "Girls Start Working Out" song? I have no idea. Get your body right. Hey, but this dude's falsettos off the chain. He has amazing skin. <laughs> Yo, man, you need to start like a a skin care. I'm in YouTube channel. You ain't got finished. I'm in. <laughs> Look at him. He looked just like you uh, when he was in the bathroom with me at the. Yeah. Uh, dang, yo. Yo, this dude looks good. Yeah. No lie. Uh, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Brother from the neck down. He looks amazing. His. Uh, he still looks like he, he looks like he smells bad, but it's just me. So the one thing for those of you that aren't didn't look at the weigh in or whatever. So Logan Paul is weighing in. 34 and a half pounds heavier than Floyd Mayweather. Which is crazy. Which is a big deal. Because if you've ever gotten into any type of fight with somebody that's 35 pounds heavier than you, you know that is uh, that's some weight to be pushing around and whatnot. All right, give me your prediction right now. So I think that Floyd Mayweather dusts this dude in less than five rounds. And it's going to be body punches that ends up. Yeah, okay. I was just about to ask what you think he's going to do because he got to jump up to hit him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, th- I don't think Floyd Weathers, Floyd Weathers, Floyd Mayweathers uh, you gotta move lost his head head movement. I think it's still going to be hard for uh, for Jake Paul to hit, hit Floyd, but. But you never know, man. Logan's going to have the power. Logan has thirty five pounds on him. I think Floyd's gonna let him get two, three shots. I don't. Th- no, I don't think Logan. I don't think Floyd wants to get hit. He never wants no, to no, get no, hit. No, no, he doesn't want to get hit. But he'll get one. Like you can just get one, just to show him. Like you think you're stronger than me at forty pounds, beating me. Oh no. We just one on the shoulder, real quick. Uh, maybe. But you know what? Though this is kind of dangerous, to be honest with you, because Logan Ball. I mean, he knows how to box, but he could be uh, like when you're fighting somebody like Floyd Mayweather. You could be reckless, and you could do something dumb. And that's the one thing I just don't want to see. What do you mean by something dumb? You think he tackles him, knees him in the head? Like what? I don't know. Just throws like a real crazy punch. Hits Floyd with the way it shouldn't have hit him. Nah. You never know. When it's two men in the ring, never discount what one man's going to do to another. Look, 
there's a, a certain science. That I could understand if this was like a MMA fight where you know there's multiple weapons being used as far as knees, elbows, kicks, all those things. But when it comes to just boxing, there's a science to it, and nobody has done it better than Floyd Mayweather. And the and the the point is to hit and not get hit, and nobody's ever done it better than Floyd Mayweather. Fact. Yeah, I, I I'm loving this this Floyd mangy dog look. I know he's coming real rough, right? He's not like clean he's like, all no, the way. He's letting it grow out. Thing. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna just be uh all natural. I really like it a lot. That coming from bar with your barber techniques, you still feel that way? I love it. So if he were to come into your barber shop, you'd be like, nah, I don't even want to touch this. Now you gotta pay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Logan Paul looks great. Like his arms look. Yeah, really, Logan Paul in came in shape. really great shape. He's in great shape. Um, DJ Academics posted a, 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 a like a meme or whatever of the payouts, saying that Floyd has a five million dollar base plus fifty percent of the pay per view buys. Logan has is making two hundred fifty thousand dollar base with ten percent of the pay per view buys. Makes sense to me though. Do you believe that or no? Yeah, I can believe that. Because the thing is, it's Floyd bringing in all the all the views of a certain caliber. Mm-hmm. Logan is definitely bringing in a lot of views. I you don't discount him at all. But it's because he's fighting Floyd. Like Lo- Logan definitely brought in that that the numbers when he fought that other dude, and I think he lost. KSI. He lost it. They sold dude. a million by just them to yeah. YouTubers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, but Floyd he runs the promotion and he doesn't have to agree to this match. So that's why I think it's important that Floyd plays by his rules. This is only good for Logan. This is only good for Logan. You mean Floyd doesn't need Floyd this. has to Logan has to play by Floyd's rules. Absolutely. If he wants to get this cloud off, mm-hmm. he's got to play by by Floyd's rules. So Logan's coming in wearing all yellow slash gold, I guess. Um, outfit looks beautiful. Uh, <laughs> how's the skin? Man, man. <laughs> um, wearing the same color <laughs> shorts as his younger brother did against Ben Askren. We all know how that ended. Um, I really what, what's know your how the what? Hell this happened. What is your prediction? You didn't say. All right, so I'm pretty sure Floyd's gonna come in, see what kind of energy uh, Paul is on. Uh huh. Tonight he's gonna let him swing, see if he's gonna swing wildly. Or if he's entire himself out, or if he's going to be a little bit more conservative. Find out exactly what kind of boxer he is. Mm. After that, once he figures you out after the first round or so, he's going to come and he's going to start doing Ooh, he just dapped up his younger brother, Jake Paul, who just announced the fight versus Tyron Woodley. Mm-hmm. So you, but you, what, but what, what's your prediction? There's oh. eight rounds. How does this end? Well, and in what rounds? I think Floyd is going to take a lot of body shots on on Logan, and I take think or give. He's going to give it to him. Okay, he's going to give it to him. But Logan has the size where that might protect him for a little bit. Then Floyd, I think his strategy is to wear him down, wear him down. Make sure he hits in the same area over and over and over. Once he does that, it's a wrap. Yeah, Floyd's going to eat this guy up a lot. What round? Hmm. I think the smartest thing to do is to make it go as long as possible. But it's either make it go as long as possible or finish him off in the first round, which is not going to happen. So, um, if anything, I think this goes all the way. 
one thing, you know, Logan looks calm. He looks like he's in, he's enjoying the moment. He looks great. He does not look like he's nervous. Mm-mm. He doesn't look like he's overly stressed about anything. But there's nothing on the line. True. You know, he's just here. He's making money. He's only. It could only go up. Nobody expects him to be able to even land a punch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every land round too. is a historic history making event. You know, his, he's going to be able to tell his children that he was in the ring with one of the greatest boxers of all time. Yeah. And if he lasts a minute, he could say, I lasted a minute. Mm-hmm. If he lasts a round, he could he said, I lasted a round. If he lasts five rounds, I lasted five rounds. And just for those that don't know, there are no uh, judges. So there's not going to be a winner that's deemed at the end of this fight. There are knockdowns. And basically, the fight can only be... Oh, Quavius. The Mago. He was just... Quavius was just... Having his own boxing match in the elevator? No, he was just in (laughs) Philly. He was just in Philly watching the Hawks beat Philly in game one. Oh, the championship, yeah. The PJ. Hey. Okay. Hey. Purple seems like it's making a comeback. I love to see the Migos out you know, here, man. Pur- you know purple is the color of royalty. That's right. Are these your black kings? <laughs> Are they? You, got, you ain't even got to ask. <laughs> my guys, I love Quavius. Take off. Offset. When's the last time we've seen them all together? Shoot, probably in the studio when they, 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 they mm. recorded this song. They all look pretty healthy. They do. Yeah, Cardi B been taking care of my boy. Yeah. Once he came back, you know, straightened himself out. Probably stop cheating or whatever. Mm. Became a good man. Once you become a good man to your woman, it's a wrap. Look, they look amazing. Their they hair do is look amazing. They look like they've been eating. Offset's the one in the middle. Offset's the one in the middle. I love that jacket. Yeah, he looks great. I love Takeoff is here. Last time I saw Takeoff, it was at the Drake concert. He was sitting down on the stage. Look at him. He like ate. He's he's he ate a big old bowl of spaghetti before he got a. It's incredible. <laughs> like ever since so. You, this same energy would come around Tyson, right? All these rappers wanted to rap while he was coming out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then Floyd. After that, there's not really like boxers that have the same type of pull that those two boxers have in the but U.S. But they're expensive. I remember Floyd paid uh, fifty cent a million dollars to go rap. You think out. he's paying these guys to do this? Yeah. Oh. These guys. This is a rollout. Trust me. Their album is coming out in six So days. why would he have to pay them to do that? The, yeah, because this is a performance for them. Or wouldn't they want this kind of publicity? Yeah, I'm, they're not doing it for free. I know that for a fact. This song the, is- label, the label either paid for them to be there or they're getting paid to be there. Mm. Because that, Culture 3 comes out in a few days. So, But I think these guys are benefiting more from being on here than Floyd, Floyd Mayo is benefiting from. But same thing, there. like... 50 Cent. Char- but 50 you know. and him are like friends, business partners, and stuff like that. A- enemies. <laughs> Frenemies. Frenemies. <laughs> I guess more enemies now. I would love to see a beautiful meme, memeable moment from this right now. That's what I would love to see. They're, they're classy right now. I don't know oh, if yeah. you're going to be able to make Not a from meme. This. Not from the Migos. No. Oh, you mean from, from, this, from this fight. You think there's going to be an NFT sold for millions of dollars after oh, this I fight? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. And I hope that... Uh, Floyd and the Migos make ninety nine percent of it, Ooh. and everybody else makes it like split the one. What What are the chances that Jake Paul ends up in the ring? Oh, that's just that. No, I I hope not. This is not Roman Reigns 
<laughs> Roman Reigns with uh, um. Jay Will there be Uso. a gotcha hat moment I in this not. at the end of this fight? But what's beautiful about that is, is that Ricky Rose? No, it's not. Um, he's wearing a pink suit. Whoever that guy is, he looks great, and his girl looks amazing too. Right at the side of the uh of the ring. Yeah, that's they got money. He's charging his phone from who knows where. Wow, <laughs> that's money right there. You got that Elon Musk, Elon Musk charger. Yeah, you just gotta walk in the building and phone start charging. See, the reason why I don't know, like, cause Floyd isn't even coming out yet, so this was all just a Migos moment. Yeah, just a quick Migos moment. So I'm saying, like, I think that was more. Well, why would Floyd want to pay for a Migos moment? That just might be a part of his brand. I guess. I think maybe. That's part of the bag that Floyd's making. Hey, Joey Crack. Hey, lean back. Lean back. His beard looks amazing. Okay, Matt Barnes. Okay, Stephen A. Jack. No Kwame. There's not a Kwame site. There's not a Kwame, but there is Matt Barnes and Stephen a, a. Jackson. Terrell Owens. Terrell looks great. All the athletes are out. He looks Terrell like looks like he could still Vaseline. be playing in yeah, the league sure. right now. For sure. Okay, Evander Holyfield, uh, top of his one of the greatest amazing. heavyweights of all time. Looking healthy and great. Okay, Ryan Garcia and Jake Paul. Jake Paul is giving me, uh, he's, he, what's the name uh, of that white the boy? The truth, Mr. Paul Pierce. What, what's the name of that white boy from MMA? The, the main, like, big. Connor? Connor. He's giving me Connor right now, Jake Paul. Jake Paul is really understanding his moment right now. Oh, for sure. Let's go. Money bag, yo. I love money bag, yo. It's his time today. One thing about boxing events, the suits that come out, they're nice. Oh, my gosh. I love a nice suit. Look at the guy with the striped suit right there. Miami's lit right now. Okay. Floyd Mayweather's wearing a mask. Taking COVID serious. For, for wearing a mask. Line today. Hey. 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 I hey. love money back. Hey. Let's go. The hype hey. is on. Hey. We on. Hey. It's Let's an go. event now, baby. Let's go. Money the back looks here. like a billion dollars. The champ is here. I love it. Oh, the ladies are in the building. She sure did. Wait, wait. Hey. He's hey. wearing an OnlyFans hey. hat. Hey, he's wearing hey, OnlyFans hat. Hey. This is another one of the bags. I love it. I love it. He's, he's getting sponsored by OnlyFans. He's also getting what is that his mask say? Because there's no way he's wearing that mask for no good reason. <laughs> he's it wearing says, it because COVID. It no, takes no, no, all no. of us. No, no, no. The the product placement in this tonight has been top, top, top of the uh, uh, top of the line. It says get online TMT. Okay, he's just promoting his own company. Man, Moneybag, yo, lost that weight, and he just looks amazing. He's just shining. His glasses look awesome. He's performing the way that I'm assuming he would have performed. Just beautiful. I don't even see one white person. Just take that white person off. The <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jesus and Mero. Hey. Who knows why they're there, but, hey, they made it. <laughs> <laughs> Diversity or something. Nah, yeah. Something. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you know, actually, I think a lot of these guys are all affiliated with Showtime with their podcasts. 
Maybe Desus and Meryl has a deal with Showtime with their podcast. Definitely Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes does. Definitely Brendan Schaub, who was interviewing um, who was interviewing Logan Paul earlier. Well, all the smoke is under iHeart. Is iHeart in bed with Showtime? Possibly. Hmm. Oh, he's still... Look. Let's go. Yeah. This is beautiful. I, I like this. I I'm really saying do. this is way better than the Triller event. Yeah, I really like this. This is very well done. It has been on time. There hasn't been a bajillion. Like, they went on Twitter and did their market research. Yeah. And find out, like, oh, this is what people like. This is what people don't like. This is a regular Mayweather promotions event. Like, yeah. very classy. Well done. I'm liking it. I, I, I even like the fact that he don't got a fade. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to get a haircut for this $20 million. Hey. An OnlyFans hat, man. Interesting. Interesting. With TMT on it. I love it. You think he's getting involved? He already got the strip clothes. Maybe he's trying to... Anything. He's get, And you know what? He's smart. He's getting paid by Cash App. He's getting paid by DraftKings. He's getting paid probably by the Hard Rock. OnlyFans. Well, no, he's probably paying Hard Rock. But he's paying. He's getting paid by OnlyFans. And OnlyFans is a crucial time for them right now because ain't nobody. everybody's out again. You know, OnlyFans was stupid lit. When we had to stay inside. Right. But now that everybody's going outside, they need promotion like this. So it's just beautiful, man. Look, His skin just look cocoa buttered up. <laughs> just amazing. Just amazing. Yo, so you think you think the 18-year difference is going to play a role in this? In immaturity. Because, because so you Floyd, think wisdom. Yeah, because Floyd has that much experience in the ring, it's going gonna, it's gonna to benefit him. It's not going to hurt him. Do you think Logan has any jitters right now? Definitely. He could get punched in one of his little buff abs, and it's a wrap for him for the next three three months. Like, he's just going to... I remember the story when 50 Cent was saying, he punched me in the air, and I couldn't hear. <laughs> I, couldn't hear I couldn't hear for days. And 50 Cent's been shot in the ear, and he could still hear. So. 50 Cent's been shot nine times. 50 Cent's been shot in the thoughts. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, oh, okay, you know what? He actually got a little haircut. He's giving me Connor vibes, too, with this little beard. Matter Look. of fact, he's been in better shape. <laughs> what is this? Like, this is only for his fans. That look is only for yeah, his fans. That wasn't for me. Nope. It wasn't for me. Like, we're talking about Logan Paul. He's giving us he's giving us tongue. Oh, he's doing the Connor shoulders. Let's go. This is this is great. I might even get into boxing after something like this. <laughs> So what is this thing that they put around their, their eye? Vaseline. Oh, why? So it helps with uh, cuts. So like oh, slides it. the gloves off so it doesn't cut as much. Got it. That makes sense. You know, vac- Vaseline is, a, is one of the w- world's like greatest wonders. Of course. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great lubricant. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> it's great for people that want great skin. That's a fact right there. But it, you have to put something underneath it because Vaseline is the lock. Very uh, oily substance. Yeah, so it's the lock. So you put lotion on, and then you put the Vaseline on top mm, of it. See? This is all. Hey, look at stay him. Stay tuned. He's 0-1. Stay tuned for <laughs> Kelby's uh, skincare YouTube channel. You should see the Will Vaseline. be announced soon. I got a ton of skincare stuff in there. You got to look all right, bro. You got to look all right. Your nails got to be nice. Your skin got to be all right. You better not keep that jaw like that. He looks like a cartoon. 
This guy looks great with some like big a pink nipples. Zero one. So he, he lost. He lost the KSI. <laughs> yeah. But See, he actually beat him, but he had gotten a point deducted from him. Oh, he which did ended beat up. Him. I think he won the fight, but there was a point deducted, which is why he ended up losing the fight. Man, I would love to see. I would love to see an upset, you know, just to see like something crazy happens. But it's not gonna happen. I, I Floyd, Floyd is, is too, just so cool. He is too calculated to make mistakes. <laughs> He's just so cool. He's just like doop doop. doop. Yeah. He wouldn't take this fight if there was any thought in his mind that he could lose. I'm telling you, there's you'd never know what a man could do to another man. You know, whether you're a you know big time fighter or not, there's always that element of you know surprise. Like, what can another man do to you? And that's the one dangerous part about Logan Paul. He doesn't have that expertise that uh, Floyd has. So it makes it difficult because Floyd doesn't know how unorthodox Logan Paul is. But you know what? They say that about McGregor. They said that about uh, the dude from Ryzen. They said that about Maidana. They said that about everybody that fights Logan uh, Floyd Mayweather. There was always a thing why this could be the first time Floyd Mayweather lost. And he mm. went 50 up. 50 down, plus one exhibition up, one exhibition down. And this is about to be two up, two down. I like that little show of respect where they hit the gloves. Oh, they know they're making the bag together. I love it. It takes two to tango. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Here we go. All right. All right, so let's put it down right now. If Logan Paul hits Floyd Mayweather, he's racist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Here we go. We got a Jamel Let's Hill go. sighting. Wow, this is crazy. Like, the the size difference between these Yo, two. Yo, this really looks nice. like if anybody's watched, my, played Mike Tyson Punch-Out, this is what it looked like when you're, fi- when you're fighting in Mike Tyson Punch-Out. You see what I'm saying? Floyd is just going to let him do what he does. But and that's what Floyd Mayweather does with every fighter. But exactly. So he's just figuring him out. Yo, what are you about to try and do? Logan thinks that he's going to do the same thing as well. And so that's why we have this little bit of a stalemate happening. But Floyd is just bouncing up and down like, you know what, man? You are too slow for me. And Logan kind of is. You know, these couple punches, I've seen them coming from three miles away. Even I'm blocking them. So if anybody thought Logan was just going to come out and bum rush Floyd Mayweather, that is not what's happening. He's smarter than that. He's got got a team who's been paying attention to Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather hasn't thrown a single punch yet. He's just waiting for his time. But you know what? Floyd looks so small right now. Like, <laughs> Floyd has to play this the right way. Oh, snap. Okay. Wow. First punch that landed on the shoulder. I told you, Floyd's going to let him get one or two right on the shoulder, right on the arm, something oh, like that. Oh, there's uh-huh. a little showboating from uh, Logan. Standing wow. and staring. This is super crazy. Yeah. I'm really a fan of this, though. I like this. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. There, first body punch. He smelled nasty. First body punch. Logan took it like it didn't even phase him. Let's go, Logan Paul. I, I like this, man. Give it. Okay. Give it all you got. Lose great. Straight punch to the throat. Let's go, Floyd. How you feeling about uh, Floyd Mayweather's gloves? The till. I'm with it. I'm with it. I like the green. Little I mermaid like the, look. The, is that Fashion Nova? Merman. 
Oh, oh get him. Get nice him. Nice little left, left but you hook know what? to the That's a, Exactly. He hit him Woke once him and Logan ain't feeling it. Woke him up. But the beautiful thing is he's going to get him three, four more times. Yep. Logan's going to just Woke hit the Logan. ground. Hey, Logan better keep that right hand up. That left hook is looking kind of nice. Yo, they couldn't put a referee in there that ate a salad. <laughs> You are next to two very athletic men, brother. So Logan is definitely lunging, trying to do some rabbit punches. Oh, my goodness. Logan has been known to tire out in these rounds, so you could tell he's pacing himself. Yep, he sure is. And Floyd, no, I, this is exactly what I thought Floyd was going to do. He's thrown like three punches. He's just paying attention. He's just, woof. Wow, wow. You see? This is what I'm saying. Where, like, Logan is unpredictable. But none of these are actually landing. Nothing was actually landing. You think so? Yeah, that's why he was all covered up. They were just hitting the gloves and whatnot. This is Michael wild. Irvin is laughing. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> Michael Irvin is like, oh, God. We got How some girls in the back nay-naying. <laughs> nay, nay in the background. Everybody's trying to get their moment. Dang. That was all right. Okay. That little moment was all right. F9 got a little commercial in the middle of this, huh? They only been trying to come up with this movie the past three years. Wow. <laughs> Tyrese is not crying in the trailer, if anybody wanted to know. Yo, don't disrespect He is not man. crying in the trailer. <laughs> I didn't see my guy John Cena come out. John Cena, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's speaking English. He might be speaking Mandarin, though. John Cena. <laughs> they might have had to dub him in English because, you know, John Cena is all Mandarin these yeah, days. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my guy, though, man. All right, so we got, us, we got a little bit of fireworks at the end of round one yeah, with Logan Paul, awesome. a little flurry. That was awesome. I like that a lot. The casuals think he actually might have done something. You know, it was just exciting exciting to watch. You know, a little bit of sparklers. Maybe not firecrackers, right? Yeah, just the sparklers. Of, Floyd took it like a G, though, man. He was just kind of like, all right, you got that. <laughs> I told you, he's, he's going to let him hit him a couple times. And that's it. Man, this is, this is, this is all right. So both are waiting for the other person to make the first move. Yep. You know what? Logan got a couple of, uh, oh, wow. There goes another Floyd body punch. Fast. There goes another wow. body punch. Wow. Floyd is making a concerted effort to yep, go to the he's body. He's letting him tire out. That's exactly what he's doing right mm -hmm. now. He's like, yeah, you know what? I don't have to do that much. You're going to get tired the more that you're anticipating my hits. So I'm just going to let you drain your own battery, and then I'll come in, and I'll just knock you out. Or he's not going to knock him out, but he's just going to hit him in the body enough. Okay. Wow. I mean, Floyd is just, he's a different type of fast. Yeah. <clears throat> so Floyd is actually going underneath these punches. He's dipping way low. It, how, how good of a... Are those considered mega knees? Nah, not like yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody got it like you do. <laughs> Why got to be about me? <laughs> Uh, how good of a of shape is Floyd in? I mean, I think he's probably one of the most fit 44-year-olds on the planet. You think so? Yeah. To be able to go out and box eight rounds, three-minute eight rounds, is, that's a lot of – Could you do it? 
probably not at this point. I'd have to train for sure. Yeah, this boxing thing ain't no joke. Come on, oh, okay. Floyd. Come on, Floyd. Come Logan on, Paul Floyd. landed a couple of jabs. Wow. Okay. Floyd is a very Kidney interesting shot. fighter. He's definitely fighting with his brain right now. You Which he tell. always does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not giving you the blowout, the big crazy show. Which he never does. Mm -mm. He's here. He's just showing you like, you think I might, you think he's hitting me? All right. What's interesting is Logan hasn't gone wild. He's just, you know, jab, jab. You know, they're both still kind of feeling each other out. Wow, Logan is a little fast, though. He's a little fast. Logan's an athlete, man. He got some, uh, he had some scholarships to D1 wrestling schools. Wow. And he was a great high school wrestler. Yeah, he's all right right now. This is looking okay. Interesting. And that's it, end of the second round. Look, so what do you think so far? I mean, Logan Paul has gone two rounds and, uh, with Floyd Mayweather, one of the greatest boxers of all time, and hasn't really taken any major damage. So yeah, 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 that's a good point. I think that Logan is also playing a very smart game. He's I, I like I said, it, it's either gonna go on the yo first round these movie bags that Mayweather Promotions is getting. Come on now, this is where that hundred million dollars. is That's what I'm from. talking about. This, they they paid a solid million dollars for this. Uh, maybe not a million, but they probably paid maybe a solid five hundred thousand. This ain't the Super Bowl, but Let's see what is this? Don't even know what the movie is. Escape oh, room, tournament of champions. I seen the first one. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, was it good? Not a bad movie. Okay. I see uh, all the again? smoke. Oh, Matt Barnes and Stephen S. Jackson, huh? Is that Janae Aiko? Oh no, no, no. No, that's that's Chad, that's Johnson. Chad Johnson and Roselle. That's oh, the uh, person I was talking about. Oh my goodness. The she, real estate agent. She's beautiful. Yeah. See, yo, the second I get a jawline, it's over for all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it is over for all of y'all once I get that jawline. Oh! Let's go. Wow, Logan Paul is coming out with the hits. So that uppercut, because Mayweather keeps ducking, so the first time Logan threw that uppercut, we'll how, see if that how, actually does How much anything. is this weight difference pre presenting itself? Because it seems like it's actually presenting a big deal. Of course. I mean, the it, more than the weight difference, obviously the length of uh, – so Floyd Mayweather has to get past that – the Super reach of, arms, yeah. of Logan to be able to do any damage on the inside. My goodness, Logan Paul looks really solid. Wow. And he, look, if these guys were the same weight, this isn't even a fight. You know what I mean? Yep. But because of these things, we get to see how Floyd Mayweather solves this puzzle. He's wow, never he's fought getting somebody. Him. He's getting him. Little bit of rabbit punches, nothing too major. Yeah. Yo, the referee looks tired. <laughs> <laughs> Get him, Floyd. Stop playing around with him. Playing around with him, Floyd. Oh. Oh, Floyd is laughing. Floyd is actually laughing at him. So, Logan's. Is now trying to put his body on him. Yep. And try to maybe tire him out a little bit. Let him know he's there. Just imagine having to smell Logan Paul. Floyd definitely is smiling. Goating him in. Trying to get him to actually do something. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, Floyd's giving us a show tonight. So it looks like Logan's t- now just trying to survive. You think so? I mean, he's t- he's not really opening up at all. And then he's he's uh, tying him up every time. Oh, there's some wow, body shots yep, from there's some nice from, shots right from there. Floyd. Floyd's getting them, but he's got to protect himself. Le- Logan's trying to push him through the ropes. Yeah, Logan definitely has these wrestling, um, his wrestling background showing yeah. in this, where he's trying to get him in some holds and things. Wow, it was almost like a headbutt right there. So Logan is like putting in, throwing like one or two jabs, and then trying to tie up. Oh, there was a clean right. Or a clean left from Logan? But no, from Mayweather. Oh man. There it is again. Yep. Yeah. I think uh Logan's starting to fatigue. Fifteen seconds around, three on away. Go ahead and give it to him, Floyd, real quick. You know what I mean? Just let him know what the vibe is real quick. Yeah. Okay, this is getting a little slimy and Logan, wow, you saw that shot? Oh, there's a little chirping now. Logan was saying something in the whispering sweet nothings into his ear. Logan definitely looks a little tired. Yes. He looks a little tired. Jake Paul. I'm liking this look that Jake Paul got going on you right like now. You like that beard and the glasses? Yeah, I like the beard. I like the shirt. He looks like a grown man. Jake Paul actually thinks that Logan has won a round in this fight. You know what? That first round, he did all right. That first round, he did all right. And uh, just for the records, nobody's judging these rounds. There are absolutely no judges. Yep. There will be no winners, no losers. This is so all that was, that was the hit right there from the for chin. the bag. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, but look, Logan took it. He's still standing. Is there blood? No blood. No blood. But you know what? A couple more rounds, and I think Logan's gonna be out of there. I hope so. I he's hope he's definitely fatigued. He's the brother's tired. Yeah. He looks like he needs some deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> oh no Showtime Showtime Come on Showtime What are you doing So Showtime went down That's my story And I'm sticking to it I've heard from quite a few people That Showtime is down So it wasn't just us No uh, That says one thing to me They broke the internet They broke the internet It's almost as if Kim Kardashian Showed her big boobs <sighs> again That's the last time that was, was the last time it broke. It broke the internet when she did that booby reveal. So uh, to me, it says that more people are watching this fight than you in expected. Than they expected. That you expected. I don't know what what was expected. Well, when we talked about this a month ago, I said it's not going to be more than that. I would watch a Floyd Mayweather like Pacquiao fight or a Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight. Okay. I know Logan Paul could pull a million people because he did it with KSI. I know Floyd Mayweather never has a fight less than a million, a million pay-per-views. So I think it was going to be well over a million. But I don't. We were talking about is this more money than Floyd Mayweather can make with an actual boxer? And I said no. If Floyd Mayweather was fighting an actual boxer, he would be making far more than he's making right now with with uh, Logan Paul. However, he would have more more risk obviously he would have to actually take a serious training camp he would actually have to worry about somebody who's skilled on the other side of him that he he probably didn't want all that stress why not make 20 50 million instead of making 100 to 200 million why is it more if he fights a regular regular boxer because more people are going to tune in for that 
and they're not going to charge $50 for a pay-per-view. They're going to charge $100 for a pay-per-view. No, but what I'm saying is, does it have to be a Manny Pacquiao or a big, big, big name, or can he just go fight Dustin off the street? No. It would be it would he wouldn't have he would have to pick somebody that people were um, people felt like would be a good competition. But I mean, even his last fight before Mayweather was against somebody who um, like this. somebody who um, I think it was Berto or somebody. Like nobody really thought that he had a chance, and it still did you know good numbers, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you feel like he like Logan Paul is pulling or Floyd Mayweather is making just as much money fighting Logan Paul as he would a regular boxer, and that's not true. Uh, that's what our, I'm. That's I'm what just trying to figure is. out if it has to be uh, Manny Pacquiao fighter the fighter of the century, or it, are you saying just like the sport of boxing doesn't need and this kind of f- fights at all? I don't. I'm uh, for it. I'm I'm for these kind of fights. We're, I'm saying I understand the purest point of view mm-hmm. that's saying that says I don't want to see my hero in boxing go down to a level where he's fighting a YouTuber. Cuz look, this isn't boxing. What we were watching wasn't high-level boxing. No. The the four or five the four rounds that we were able to watch. Yeah, it was a whole bunch time. of it was a whole bunch cuz of Showtime. It was a whole bunch of uh hugging and you know, we saw what two clean punches land. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we weren't watching like high level boxing. So it's a spectacle. It's entertaining. A person like you who doesn't understand boxing looks mm-hmm. at this and is like, "Wow, this is really fun." Person like me who watches boxing a lot looks at this and wow, this is a clown show. But for me, I'm okay with the clown show because yeah, at the end of the day, too. yeah, it's, it's just, just entertainment. entertainment. But I understand the mindset of people who make their career off of boxing and writing about boxing and the purists and you know that that generation that looks at this and says you know this is uh, minimizing our our sport however i also understand your side where in the marketing side you would never watch this if it wasn't uh, logan paul involved or I mean, somebody that you well, I mean, some, uh, unless it was one of those fight of the century type. Yeah, if, I, it has I to be an event. Fight. It has to be an event. Yeah, and you know what? Ultimately, I'm a big marketing person, and to me, boxing in the last 15 years just doesn't have a lot of steam. And the the thing that I've noticed is anything that grabs my attention in a sport that should be grabbing my attention is when the promos are done the right way. And people of my age are WWE kids. Like, we grew up watching that kind of stuff. So WWE thrives through that idea of sports entertainment. So they're, they're, they've killed the promo. Like, they have it down to a science. So to me, I feel like when we're watching uh, boxing, they, they promote it as, like, the skill right but like ultimately the story i think is what people want and when you have strong feelings against somebody like adrian broner who's just kind of this guy who's like a little bit troubled he's you know he's somebody loud mouth yeah like 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 he has a story to him where that draws the average person or if it's like a racial component or if it's something like this where it's like this guy's a YouTuber who hasn't won a match, but uh, but he's fighting the great one where it's like, 
okay, this actually opens up the door for a lot of other things, which is why I said I think Floyd did a great job at kind of keeping this pay-per-view very boxing because the, the two other fights that were not celebrity fights, they were just flat-out boxing fight, uh, matches. And I would have never watched them because, to me, it's just like, mm, this seems kind of boring. I don't know who these people are. And I'm What was interested. one of their names again? My man. What was the name? Jay. His name wasn't Jay, but keep going. No, no, it started with a J. Okay. What was his man? name? Come on, man. And that's exactly my point. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Here's the beautiful thing about this. I can easily just go look it up. Sure. But I, are you going to purchase not. a fight of his? Are you going to tune into his next fight? I might. Are you going to tune I into I might. Okay. Like, I'm going to follow him on Instagram. And if he has another okay. fight, I'm, I he might. He got one fan out of it. I might. At least, minimum. Because he had so a good here's match. My thing. He had a good match. So here's when I watched it, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Well, here's my thing. Boxing, the reason why boxing isn't the spectacle that it should be are a couple of things. And it goes deeper than just, you know, you're not drawn in. For One is UFC has come on and has done something different that boxing – has hasn't ever done so boxing is broken up into two or three major promotions mm -hmm. so all of the talent is spread across two or three major promoters and those promoters don't work with each other mm -hmm. so you'll have some of the best talent in different promotions that never you never get to see them ever fight so right now when you're looking at the 135 pound weight class you have Gervonta Davis you have Teofimo Lopez you have um Devin Haney, and you have uh, the guy that was just on the screen right now with Jake Paul. Um, how, you know, how you don't know his name? I just I'm blanking on it. the The Latin kid that just beat, um, just that's on Instagram all the time. Ryan Garcia. Okay, there oh, we okay. go. So Ryan Garcia. So these four are split across three different promotions. Mm -hmm. And so they're never gonna see each other in the ring. Exactly, or it takes forever. Just like uh, Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao happened two years, five years too late. Where UFC, the best are always fighting the best because all the best fighters are under one umbrella that is the UFC. And so why don't the promotions like to mix with each other? Because it's an old way of thinking. Nobody wants to lose money. Nobody wants – so if one promoter's fighter loses to another promoter's fighter – now all of a sudden that promoter has the better fighter, right? So it's a pride thing. Oh, so it's just camp versus. It's they like don't want to lose their internal title. Internal camp versus internal camp. Yeah, they don't want to lose their title to a guy outside. So, for example, so how does somebody become the big champion, like the heavyweight champion or something? If so, that it, you have to like so for the heavyweight champion with Tyson Fury fighting Devontae Wilder, their promoters actually work together to make that fight. But that is so rare. That's why it was so amazing that that actually happened because both of those fighters put pressure on their promoters to make that fight, and they actually made it. But that's few and far between. The reason why Mayweather was able to get around it was he ended up promoting himself so he could fight at, at, at anybody's promotion because he was promoting himself so he would partner with any promotion to fight that fighter and that other promotion knew this was going to be their biggest payday as well so it was what it was and that doesn't happen anymore so that's why in boxing you're not seeing the you know the type of exciting fights but 
ESPN got uh, into boxing again. They're showing fighting every you know every week, every other week, uh, so on and so forth. Showtime got back into boxing. Um, as you can see, they're putting on events and stuff like that. So it's coming, and and people that are that want that still love it. There are great fights to still watch, but you know, just it's not pulling in new fans because those new fans are going to the UFC, which is way better at marketing, which is way more accessible and puts on you know a a, a better you know a better product right now as far as competitive fights. I I, I think that the core issue is. Uh these guys solely thinking about it as the art of boxing when i think that the way that people tell stories and choose sides like so many people hate logan paul or hate jake jake paul mm -hmm. and that's such a great thing because love or hate means dollars you know what i mean but you're looking at it as a pure money sense it's not no but but i'm not i'm all, I'm, I'm also looking at it as far as like a why I think that these kind of things, these like special events are important, even in like the trailer one that Snoop Snoop Dogg did, I don't think was like super important. Mm -hmm. But something like this, where they took advantage of the moment, it like that's very commendable, you know, and they did a good job at keeping me enthralled, at least um, watching all four of the fights and being like, oh, OK, you know, as somebody who, you know, is not. Always watching. All, all the way, you know, into this, I know who some of the people are. Like, I know who Gervonta Davis is. I know who, you know, um, be it. Like, I know who some of the people are, um, probably because they're in hip-hop culture, too. But I, I, I think that um, to, to get people inside of this, it's just like the Super Bowl and having people um, stick around after the game to watch the show afterwards. Right. You know, so uh, hats off to Floyd Mayweather. You know, unfortunately, Showtime came upon us and, you know, did what they did. But, um, you know, if the fight is still going on, best of luck, buddy. Right. So in other news, you watching the Rory and Maul podcast? Um, yeah, I'll listen to it. I saw um, I, I listened to this episode of this show called The Box Office. Okay. That uh, Maul made in 2013-ish. Okay. And it was his own podcast. And Joe had the uh, the outro song. It was him. It was Ice. It was a lady who I'm forgetting her name and another dude. And Maul was the A-mic. The, the host. First. He was the host. Okay. And he gave you this, like, typical Maul thing, but he had all this energy and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, okay, I could see he was actually interested in doing podcasts in the past. So um, I would definitely watch it a little bit because I did enjoy it. It was a one-hour podcast, even though it may have been from eight or nine years ago. It was like, okay, you can do this. You just have to put your mind into it. Um, but the little clip that uh, Maul and Rory put out, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that the ideal was nice, and but the, the, the execution was very poor. In what way? Um... You're going to make it sound like I look at things all types of weird way. But when you're making videos like this and you want it to be like funny and good, it can't sound like that. It sounded horrible. Yeah. So I didn't pay attention to any of that. My whole takeaway from it was they're clearly riding the wave of the Joe Budden. All the jokes were from well, the Joe Budden. Well, clearly, I, I, I get that. But I would be interested in seeing how... What think what 
what is going to be different about their podcast? Or is it going to be just an extension of the Joe Budden podcast without nah, Joe Budden? Because nah. they already have a first guest on their podcast, and it's Belly. And Who? Belly, he signed to The weekend. Oh, got you, got the you. rapper. So they're going to do an interview podcast. I don't know if that's the style every single week. But here's the thing. Right now, their names are hot, and it's hot because of Joe. Right. To say, all right, we're not gonna we're not gonna touch on anything that's happened, and not joke about it, and not make it a thing. It would be very foolish, because to like I'll never forget this one time that Tiger came to um, Cal State Northridge, and I was doing security there, and he came, he did his regular hits, he was doing his songs, everybody was into it, and he was like, "Yo, I'm about to do three new songs," and everybody just kind of went dead quiet. He performed it. Nobody danced. Nobody did anything. They just kind of stared at the stage. And he was like, okay, bye. And he left. And the whole performance was like 25 minutes long, maybe Mm -hmm. 20 minutes long. And it just goes to show, like, don't be so quick to just try to build an identity for yourself. Get Get the people into the house. And then after that, once you have their time and their attention, you start creating your own wave. But for a while, it's going to have to be like they are extension of the Joe Budden podcast for 300 episodes. So it's just normal. You know, they're going to talk about Joe. Joe still talks about them, you know. And once they start, like once the tensions are down and maybe they start talking again and they become friends again, whatever happens, that's when we're going to start realizing, well, what else do they do? You know, now that we've we've all kind of weaned away from this Joe Budden effect, what else are they interesting? Uh, what 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 else do they bring to the table? And and, I and that's, that's what I'm interested tough. in seeing because, you know, I think they were a good yin to Joe Budden's yang, but I don't know mm, if did that. You? Well, in the sense that like, Joe Budden needs to play off of people. He can't be like a Bill Burr that's just him in front of a mic and, you know, we're going to listen. He needs people to, like, be like, you know, he's going to be like, you with me? You with me? Like, you know, he needs that energy because of his insecurities and whatever, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah, so, like, he needs an ish. He needs a, um, you know, ice. ice. He needs, you know, a Parks there. He needs a Savon. Like, he needs that there to be able to unlock True Joe. So I think that, um, you know, Rory and Maul were good at that, but that we taught, we've seen it. Rory and Maul's episode without Joe, mm-hmm. I wasn't all that connected to. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, it might be tough because they are not natural speakers. You know, they're not people who are going to go out there and give their opinion the way that Joe will. Now, Joe, they're does, not performers. They're not performers, correct? But they're not natural speakers either. You know, like Rory is not funny. He's not very engaging. He's not interesting. You know, he doesn't really know how to create a story structure. He's just like, he's just like a guy with a microphone, you know? And it's like, he doesn't have a lot of interesting things about him, but that doesn't mean that we're not interested in him. He just needs to learn how to create those elements within his, uh, his artillery. Maul, on the other hand, could have that uh i definitely think that on the show maul was definitely holding back a lot um you know he played his part as the dude who was just right there as joe's friend but after listening to that box office episode i listened to the whole hour long maul definitely has a little bit of charisma that he wasn't showing on the show and you know what some of it is a little bit inappropriate in the sen- in the way that joe budden was 
like in that box office episode, he was talking about girls and that kind of stuff where I don't know if he would talk about them the same way today, because, again, he was probably like 30 when that episode came out, 29, 30. But and he might have a different appreciation. But, right. you know, Maul loves to talk about women mm-hmm. like that's one of his favorite things to talk about. So I think that once you put that right little concoction in there and he has a lot of connections in the industry. You know, it might be it might be all right. Will I be tuning in every single week? I don't know. But for the first few weeks, yeah, come on. Give it to me. I mean, I think they're going to have, what, like a, maybe four or five episodes where people will tune in. And until unless they're like riveting, I think, you know. Oh, yeah, it, people are going to fall. It, it could fall off real quick. But That's why they got to do the Joe Budden thing for a little bit. And, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that they're stepping out and doing their own thing you know like you got to take that risk and you know ride the wave and i think that they actually could you know if they take it back to actually being about music and all this kind of stuff like i think they have good point of views both of them are well connected in the industry Mm -hmm. and they could give you know good point of views as far as you know music and stuff which is what drew me into you know the podcast was them talking about hip-hop talking about the behind the scenes type things that me as a casual that's never been in the industry, you know, got to see a different point of view. I think they did a great job. I mean, obviously Joe Budden was the epitome of that, but, uh, but you know, Maul having his, um, you know, his Rockefeller ties and Rory being, you know, behind the scenes at multiple record labor, multiple record labels. I think if they stick to that Avenue, mm-hmm. I think that it, w- it could be an intriguing, intriguing podcast about, a niche like just keep it to music you know well let's see what they bring to the table let's see what they bring. okay now i want to talk to you about something i sent it to you you guys you and chris in the chat <clears throat> so there was a video for six year six year olds the school one the school one but it talked about masturbation so the school is teaching now when i watched it i don't know if you guys watch it but they, it's a video that's teaching kids like hey if you touch yourself you got to do it in private you know what is a penis what is a vagina what is a vulva what are all these things and for me when i heard about it i was like Yo, that sounds crazy mm-hmm. but then i watched it and i was like a little bit torn because it didn't sound as nuts as i thought did you watch it i didn't see the whole thing though Okay. I just saw the article. How do you? How does it make you feel? So my attitude towards this has actually changed because I think society's changed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important. So when I was growing up, you know, thirty years ago, thirty-five years ago, when I was like a young kid, and let's well, I'm thirty-seven now, so let's say six years old. Um, so thirty-one years ago, I didn't have any fears of being molested i didn't have any fears about like you know sex wasn't thrown in my face everywhere mm-hmm. and like i just didn't have those worries you know mm-hmm. and um i was uh, pretty innocent i would say just like you know majority majority of the kids that i think i grew up with were pretty innocent and i remember we i learned my first like our my first sex education was in fifth grade so i was probably you know maybe 10 I would say maybe like ten I think years it was old. Fifth grade for me too. Yeah, so ten, but nowadays, you know, with you see all of these pedophile rings and you know all of these stories that you see about kids getting molested and stuff. I think it's more important that at a younger age they start understanding like 
what's off limits what 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 is this why why is this a bad thing what does this mean like i think you have to understand a little bit younger just because unfortunately innocence is being taken away at younger younger age so the only way to combat that is education and so i haven't seen the video to see if it's done in a tasteful way or to see if it you know oversteps any boundaries that i may have or morals that i may have but as far as the overall overreaching uh thought process of teaching a younger age group um about sex and about you know what your penis is what your vagina is like you know i didn't even know what a vulva was yeah i I mean i think because of society unfortunately you know it is what it is you gotta you gotta kind of teach them younger so i didn't think about it in that way um when i watched it i i came in there thinking like they're gonna just be like yo look if you're feeling horny right now just pull it up that's what i i was because the people who sent it to me were like just enraged you Uh know and i was like okay this gotta be a crazy video and then I watched it, and a lot of it was in a in in the same sense of how I got sex education in the fifth grade, where it was very it wasn't like mommy and daddy love each other, and that, no, it was just like yo, you have this thing called a this and a that scientific terms. It goes inside of here. You could catch AIDS and die, and it was like whoa. It was not this sweet thing, right? You know, it wasn't this thing that made even us excited to just be like sexually active. Just science. Yeah, it was just like this is what happens, and that's it. And they even showed us a video of like, if I remember correctly, like the penis going inside of the vagina, and it was not sexy at all. It was very like, it wasn't even awkward. It was just more like, damn, this is kind of boring. You know, as kids, you we were just like, okay, you know, thanks for showing me this, <laughs> but like it was there was no edu- there was no fun part of it. So when I watch that, it, it, it's definitely a cartoon, but she keeps it kind of sciency. You know, she doesn't. It, she she does play on the role on the fact that the kids are kids and they're six years old. So she's like, hey, have you noticed that? You know, older kids, if they want to do this, they do this in private. So when they're not out and about, they're not. Right. But something that's interesting about that video to me is that the the little girl is like, hey, when I'm in the shower, I like to do this, you know, and it's like. Maybe it it might be a good thing to to teach the little girl what she's doing at that age, because I've heard so many women at my age say, yo, when I was five, six, seven, eight years old, I used to take the shower head and go crazy with it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what it was. And it's like. What if we not only teach them the scientific part of things, but we also inform them like, hey, look, you know, these things you do in private. This is not something you want to come to school and start doing on yourself. Little Tyler, little Jimmy, you're not coming to school and pulling your pants down and doing all this stuff. But if you do do it, here's what you need to understand what it is. The only thing that I want to know is do the parents consent to the students being educated about this or not, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, those are not your kids. They're not right. kids of the government. They are who somebody's kids. So do and are it, they signing some paperwork? That in says the fifth that? grade, we did have to get our parents permission. I did, too. Yeah, because my mom definitely wasn't about to talk to me about this. Yeah. <laughs> so we definitely had to go home, get a permission slip signed. Um, and I think that's it. That is a key thing, because 
from what you're seeing, it, less and less parental permission is needed. Yeah, for and that's a big things. that's yeah. a big problem to me. And that that I think we're on the same page where, you know, the state uh, needs to not infringe that much as far as like letting parents have more control over, mm-hmm. you know, what they want to expose their kids to and what they don't. It's only right. But but I do I I have changed my stance on like, you know, at a younger age, you know, you have to be it, you can't Ta- like being taboo about certain things like when it comes to sex and you know sexual parts and stuff like that can actually be a be a harmful thing you know because unfortunately there's a lot of weirdos and sickos out there and you know the more your kids know or the more kids know the better off they can protect themselves and at least know hey this is a bad thing and you know I don't want to be a part of this and stuff so on and so forth so mm. Well, I, I don't know if kids are going to have the wherewithal to know that they need to protect themselves from that. But even just kind of exposing them to it in a very, like, low level, I don't know if it's a bad thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Yeah. So either way, um, I'm a little bit surprised that I think about that because there was something that happened a year or two ago. And it did bother me as a person who doesn't have kids. And I was just like, ugh. Like, you know, but today after watching the video only afterwards, because before I was like, yo, that's freaking nuts. Mm. They are just teaching your kids any old thing. <laughs> but now I'm just kind of like, damn, I might be a leftist. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, story of the week. What's your story? Of the week? I got one. Too. Story of the week. So our favorite girl, Alexandria Octavio Cortez. Ocasio. There we go. My bad. AOC is hey, what I call Hey, you don't it. talk about my Latin queen that way. Nah, she's Latinx she's all of our queens. So, Latinx. Um, oh, my bad. Latinx with a white man. So, Abuela. Miss Abuela. So uh, this is from Yahoo News. It says Ocasio-Cortez earlier this week tweeted out that her grandma is ill and hasn't yet received hurricane relief in the wake of Hurricane Maria, which hit the U.S. territory more than three years ago. In her tweet slamming former President Donald Trump over delayed relief in Puerto Rico, the New York lawmaker shared photos uh, showing bare living quarters with ceiling tiles peeling off of the buckets set up around a room to catch dripping water. Okay, so what ended up happening is Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire, he um, fake cared and was like, I'm going to start a GoFundMe page right. uh, to help raise enough money to help your abuela. All right. With that being said, he kind of took a jab at her because she isn't a proud owner of a Tesla. And he said, you know, the average cost of a monthly payment for a Tesla is about four ninety nine. So I'm going to start off the GoFundMe by donating four ninety nine and then challenged a whole bunch of other conservative journalists who all did the same thing. They all put the money in and they raised one hundred thousand dollars. And then she rejected it. Right. What does that tell you? What is that? What's what's going on with our friend Alexandria? Nothing new. You know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is an opportunist. She's all about wokeness and creating a cause. And, you know, she has the um, pictures at the 
border crying <laughs> when there was it wasn't actually a, a camp that she was at she was just in the parking lot or whatever um <laughs> you know she's uh talking about the issues in iran uh, like between the palestinians and iran and then when when pushed on what the occupation of palestine is she doesn't know how to answer those so it's like she's definitely a a politician and mm. the definition of a politician is they're not telling the truth so they're right? liars. It's their liars. Well, who's and bigger liars, politicians or rappers? <laughs> politicians. Okay, damn. That's, <laughs> but, a big, um, that's a big lie. Yeah, right there. yeah. So, but so I mean, she tried to, you know, use her family as an opportunity to take a shot at Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump isn't president anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you need to still be talking about Donald Trump. You know, like let's talk about what Biden could do to help your abuela maybe because Mm -hmm. that's actually who's in the office right now. But then, you know, obviously the conservatives, Matt Walsh, Shapiro and Clay Travis and all of them, you know, they're doing the same thing, political theater to, you know, to like take a shot back, acting like they care and fake care. care And, you know, it is what it is, but that's politics, man. That's why I don't really – try to get involved anymore what i realized out of this last election was it doesn't really matter at the end of the day nothing's gonna change or very little's gonna change I- i'm gonna tell you something you know i said this to you like at a cafe a year and a half ago and you was like it does matter yeah right and here's something interesting i got a new car and i thought it was a six cylinder but it's a four cylinder started driving it around but I noticed that it takes a little bit less gas than my previous car. Before, mm-hmm. I could have gotten 420, for maybe 440 miles uh, in a tank. Now, I get about 382, okay? So, I drove around doing my regular, regular work only to realize that, hey, I'm on E. <laughs> okay. Light came I'm, on or what? I'm on E. The light came on. The car started letting me know, yo, I'm freaking Oh, you was hitting that. Uh, well, I mean, I ain't going to do that. Okay. But I definitely, it was just like, yo, there's a shot right there. <laughs> I go over there and I put in some money. And when the when the gas tank stops working, I always say the same thing. I don't like to argue with it. So I pull it out and I put it back in. Now I start the car. It was $44. I started the car and it wasn't full. Mm. So I come back out and you know that thing ate up another $32. So you had 70 bucks in your tank. I have 70 plus dollars in my tank. And I said, you know what? This matters. (laughs) But it's not only politics that matter. Everybody matters. This last week. I had a revelation. Why are you here? Like in a religious type no, of no, sense? No, no, Just why are you here? Because my, my mom and dad had sex and I was the fastest like <laughs> <laughs> No. Okay. We as people, we are here. We're born to contribute. Okay. That's why we're here. And oftentimes people feel like we're just a cog in the wheel. We're just a part of this situation that just whatever if you're here you're here if not you're not and here's the mentality that goes behind that 
like your job will just replace you, right? You right. leave, you go on vacation, you quit, you whatever, it is, your job will just replace you. Right. But COVID taught me something, and it's the importance of people. Do you know how many things are in shortage right now? A lot. A lot. A lot. Everything. There's a shortage of cars. Mm-hmm. Chicken. There's a shortage of... T- First, it was a shortage of coins. I got coins in my room. Right. But then it became a, co- a, a, sh- a shortage of lumber. Yep. Then it became a shortage of cars. Now it's a shortage of car parts. Mm-hmm. Now we it feels like we have a shortage of gas. Mm-hmm. What COVID taught us is we stopped everything for a bit for our safety, understandably so. But... The moment we did this collectively, now we have to play catch up. And you don't realize that the one thing you do, maybe at your job that you don't think is important, affects a chain of people down the line. Right. So every day, I want to encourage somebody who's watching this that may think that they have no purpose and they're not valuable. And trust me, I go through that all the time as a person who feels like, I can contribute to people. I can be an asset to people's lives. Sometimes I definitely feel like I'm just floating around and I'm not important to anybody. Just like a kid who thinks that if they kill themselves, their family won't notice. Right. Right. I've had those thoughts as, as a child, especially around the holidays. If you don't get what you want, the way a child thinks, you're like, if I wasn't here, you guys wouldn't even care. Right. Wow. But the honest truth is you matter a lot. For and sure. We were all born and we are here to contribute. I agree, but that's not what we were talking about. Sorry. We are talking about politics. I love that message, though, because it's true. If anybody's going through those feelings, like, you do matter to somebody, and, uh, you know, talk to them. You just got to reach out. But as far as when it comes to politics, you know, I think at a certain level, it's all three-card Monty. Tell me more. So... I don't know if it's called Three Card Monty or, you know, those. So I was in Vegas, February 2020. Okay. 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 And outside of the hotel, of a hotel, I forget which hotel it was, there was, these, there was this guy with a table, three red cups, and one ball, like a little foam ball. And he was putting these cups and doing this kind of thing. And, you know, and I was watching and I was like, the ball's right there. And then the next time, the ball's right there. And then he does it again. And I'm like, the ball's right there. I get it right three times in a row. Not nobody watching. I'm just watching. I'm like, and then he's playing. And then he comes out and he's like, he's like, you think you could do it? You have $100? And I'm like, yeah, I got $100. And he goes, he goes like this. He's like, you can guess, but you have to give me $100. And I'm like, it's right there. And the friend that I was with, she was like, it's right there. And then they were like, if you're so confident, if you give me $200, i will give you $400 if you're right. And I'm like, 
and all of this commotion and all this kind of stuff. Here's the thing. I'm not even thinking about it. There's just a lot of ruckus going on. There's people over here screaming, do it. People over here screaming, do it. He's over here like, I got the money right here. I got the money right here. And I'm in my wallet, and I'm like 200. And I, it's like, I didn't even, I was just like, oh. Like, I, was, I gave this $200, and then I was like, there. And he picked it up, and there was no ball there. Of course there's no ball there. And that, my friend, is politics. I don't know how you fell for the okie doke. Same reason why I keep going to the election booths and voting, thinking that anything's going to change no matter who gets into office. You know what, though? Pe- different people's ideology do does affect you. Maybe. And it goes back into my born... But look, at the end of the day, you might get minuscule changes here and there. I think there's some big things going on in the country right now as far as like big tech censorship, as far as gun rights, as far as... Um, this whole race baiting thing that's going on that's dividing our our society and making it harder and harder for us to like be able to you know you know be able to and I think underlying issue is we need as a country need to decide if we want the government to control everything about our lives or if we want the freedom of being able to uh, make our own choices and deal with those own repercussions. All right, let me ask you this: What do you prefer? I want the government, I want as small of a government as possible. I want everything to be on my shoulders. And I feel that way about everything. I remember when we talked about something as um, as uh, divisive as abortion, right? Remember I said, I don't think that the government should have the right to tell somebody they can't get aborted or yeah. can't get aborted. I feel the same way. But I feel like, I feel like the government shouldn't make a decision either way. Because at the end of the day, the government is about the people, and the people should be able to decide where that what their money is funding and what their money isn't funding. So that's how I feel about most everything is like let the money, like certain things like military and all this kind of stuff, like us as a people probably can't put it together on a level as – and maybe even then I naive think that maybe it is true that if they just gave it to the people, we would do better – creating police forces, creating school boards, creating military, all that kind of stuff. However, I think for most things, keeping the money, keeping the power in the in the um, hands of the people, you're going to get more efficient uh, and uh, more successful ways of doing things because I feel like people care at a more local level than they do 3,000 miles away sitting in D.C. Mm-hmm. They don't care about what's going on in North Hollywood right now. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So that's why that's my thought process about it. So there are there are plenty of people that go up there saying they believe what I believe, but then at the end of the day, politics is a game. And until money comes out of politics, meaning um, – Meaning re-election isn't like the minute somebody gets into office, the next thing they're doing is trying to get re-elected, right? And to get re-elected, you need money. And the the people with the biggest pockets are going to end up being the ones that have the most say because they're the ones that are going to help you get re-elected. And at the end of the day, until that changes, it doesn't matter what Kelby Joseph thinks or what Sunil Gatonde thinks. At the end of the day... It matters what Big Pharma thinks. It matters what Big Oil thinks. It matters what Halliburton thinks. It matters what, you know, all of these organizations with the deepest of pockets, they're the ones that end up deciding policy. And if people still think that, oh, I have a say, 
not really, my guy. It's not like that. At the end of the day, it's all about who has the deepest pockets. And we're seeing that with the vaccine. You know, all of a sudden they got raffles and they got <laughs> you get free food and you get, you know, lottery for doing this vaccine and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, take the vaccine if that's something you want to do. And I think, you know, the more we get vaccinated, all that stuff, whatever, you know, you believe, do it. But the rollout is what's crazy to me. You know what's crazy? Donald Trump just asked China for reparations for the United States for COVID. He's saying they should pay trillions of dollars in reparations to the United States because of COVID. Well, did he ask through Fauci's email? <laughs> did you understand Fauci's emails? Yeah. What's your thought process on it? Well, it's kind of obvious. I, I think that... Um, Kind of switching over because reparations is a more screwed can. <laughs> but I think that, uh, you know, Fauci was ultimately saying, yo, look, the virus is small enough that it can go through the mask. The mask is not really effective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understandably so. Now, there's an argument that can be made that, yo, this is early on in COVID mm-hmm. and we didn't understand what it was and he just did what he thought was best or smartest or brightest. Okay. Then there's the second argument that, let's say, for example, a state like California, a state like New York that went super masked up. And in December, the numbers spiked all the way up. And it's like, how did we mask up? But then the numbers went up. Mm -hmm. And so it's like mm, the two don't align. Now, I understand somebody might, you know, beat me down for this, but I'm just thinking out loud. Okay, so I don't think that Fauci had this divisive plan to get everybody to wear a mask for an evil reason. I actually think that he decided or his team decided to spread the message of wearing a mask for the mental health of the country. Now, that is 60% because 40% of the people in the United States as a tumultuous country said, hell no, I ain't wearing that. And also started freaking out when they saw other people not wearing it. And of course, that that breeds... Um, anger and emotions and things like that. But then there's that core 60%, just like here in the United States or here in um, California, it's just like, you know what? If they say wear a mask, we're just going to wear it. We may stomp our feet and be upset about it, but whatever. We're just going to wear it. Mm-hmm. I think that his idea was if people get some kind of feeling that something is being done, then everything will be okay. But the honest truth is Fauci doesn't know anything about COVID. Joe Biden doesn't know anything about COVID. Trump barely knew anything about COVID. They are just creating things that make you feel okay, And that's ultimately what it's all about. Did the mask stop you from getting or uh, COVID? Let's just stop there. Did the mask stop you from getting or spreading COVID? No, it doesn't do anything for you, but it does give you a peace of mind. That's all the mask is there to do. So, yeah, the mask was one thing. And then the other thing was how much did Fauci know about what was going on in Wuhan? Well, he knew a good amount. And the whole thing was, you know, they were doing the um, studies at the lab and the person who did it, they didn't follow the right protocols. It got out. One person got infected and the, the world felt it. So but the thing about it was the organization that Fauci was on the board of mm-hmm. is funding the Wuhan and mm-hmm. in those emails, it said, allegedly, I don't know, 
Like I I haven't read them too in depth, so don't kill me if I'm saying the wrong things. But there were emails in there that knew that they were doing gain of function testing. What does that mean? So gain of function testing is where you take a virus, expand it, and you add something in there mm-hmm. that so that it could infect humans. Mm-hmm. And so. Which sounds nuts, right? So, virus that maybe was in monkeys, or a, vi- a virus that was in bats, Bat. or or <laughs> any any kind of animal that you know isn't necessarily going to be uh, accepted by a human. You add something so that it can affect a human, and that is what gain of function is. So, Rand Paul, who um, is a doctor He's an as well yeah an ophthalmologist, ophthalmologist yeah. as well as a senator w- has had epic battles with Fauci in Congress and the Senate um, hearings about how much Fauci knew and Fauci said that there was no gain of function testing in that that he funded he knows nothing about gain of function testing well, there was emails saying that he realized that they were doing gain-of-function testing. So that's one of the things that came out. And the thing that's scarier about that is there's a – so with COVID, I think it killed about 1%, maybe 1% or 2%. 1%, about yeah, 1%. Yeah, about 1% of the people, which obviously is horrible. But there's another that they said, like a, a SARS disease, mm-hmm. that kills 10% of people. That's out and about right now? that they were doing gain of function testing with mm-hmm. so if it ever did get out like this mm-hmm. we're talking about 10 times the amount of fatalities so do you think it's a population control type thing i mean i don't know about conspiracy theories like that what i do think is until we get to a place in society where people can be like i made up i made a, i fucked up so we're not going to get the truth is what I'm trying to say. So one thing I'll say is, first off, Rand Paul is a brother that makes a lot of sense. Uh, sorry, he's not a brother, but he's a, a dude that he makes a lot of sense when he speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not scared to say what he feels. That's the first thing that I've always. His dad was the him. OG. Yeah. Yeah. His dad ran for ran for president a few times was a was one of the uh, first people that really brought about these libertarian-type thought processes. And, you know, his son obviously has taken, taken, you know, the mantle from him. Yeah. Um, I, I've agreed more than I disagree with Rand Paul. I'll say that. So uh, the second thing I'll say about this is this proves that Trump had a communication problem because Trump... <laughs> in his own braggadocious New York old guy way, was trying to tell the people that, this situation, but he just couldn't find the words to say it. And he did not back down about it. Um, and I I had a dream, actually, that... Uh, I am Martin Luther King. No, I did. But I, I had a dream that... Uh, that Trump kind of knew about this and there was this big like global meeting with heads of the world and Uh stuff. And Trump was like, I'm going to just tell everybody. And they were like, instead of just killing you, they'll just never believe you. Or they'll just say you're this, you're that, whatever. And ultimately that's what happened. When Trump said, 
oh, this is to blame on China. This is China's fault. He just didn't have the right way to communicate the fact that, yo, he could have just said in a in a press conference. All right. Look, there was a, a, a test being done in Wuhan, which obviously he knew about uh-huh. because he says Wuhan and he says it's their fault and blah, blah, blah. But either way, he obviously knew about it. He could have just said there were these lab tests being done in, in Wuhan. The protocols were not followed. And. Um, they were doing gain of function testing, which is blank, 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 explained it to us, you know, regular, regular people. Mm. And then once this happened, COVID spread and it spread faster than we expected. And this is their fault. Now we don't know exactly why this happened. Was it an accident or was it on purpose? Is this, this or that? We don't know, but we are blaming them because of all this information. He never said that. He was always just like, yo, this is China's fault. China virus. China virus. This is where it kind of came off as a little bit funny because he would just say it just so right. boldly with his chest out. But Trump, to me, said a lot of things that that were in between the sentences, you know, where it was like you got to start removing the layer of Trumpy Trumpism. Mm-hmm. to really figure out, like, wait a second, what was he trying to say? Because we are six months into a Biden presidency and some of the things that Trump has said, Biden has started saying them himself, just like, oh, this actually could have came from China, mm-hmm. where it was like when Trump said it, everybody just said that he's racist sure. or he's this or he's that. So six months in, how is it possible that the message has flipped all the way around from you're being racist to, you know what, this actually we actually feel the same way. We just say it a different way. So to me, I just feel like these type of things, this is why the uh, the the media and the heads of this country really did not like Trump aside from, you know, his his issues with, you know, communication with the people and everything that people didn't like about him. But the campaign that they ran against Trump was because I think he knew enough information and in a, in his own certain way, he was gonna let people know. See, I don't think that there's anything Trump could have done. There's nothing that would have made this situation any different. And no, what no, I mean no, not by different, that, but like, but why is this important that the email came out? Because ultimately, there needs to be an investigation done, and it's not about changing what has already happened or what is happening. It's making sure we understand it so it doesn't happen again. But what I'm saying is. A lot these emails I don't think really expose anything that we didn't already know. For sure. And what I mean by what I'm saying is that like that you're saying that now, you know, all of these things that are happening out of uh, you know, that you know, Biden is echoing a lot of the same things. Fauci now is echoing a lot of the same things. The the who is echoing a lot of the same things that Trump was saying. And it goes back to hydroxychloroquine to, um, you know, this did come out of a lab in China, so on and so forth. Right. At the end of the day, Trump had created so many enemies in the media Mm -hmm. that he could have said the sky is blue. Mm hmm. And they would have called him a liar. But that's a, that's the exact point that I'm. But making. what I'm saying is, I don't think that had anything to do with communication. That has to do with just just Trump's personality. You can't um, change who you are at seventy something years so old yeah, to be like now. All of a sudden, I'm not going to be this New York real yeah. estate mogul that 
was most famous for you're fired. You know no, what no, I mean? No, I I completely agree with you. And because in what you're saying is you feel like there's a, a way that he could have communicated. I don't think Barack Obama, if he had, because I think Barack Obama is one of the most eloquent speakers, one of those people that you just listen to and society as a whole kind of melts and it's just like mm -hmm. whatever Barry says, I'm going to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think if he had the same type of um, policies, ideas, and personality as Trump, as far as like the, what Trump was trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. it wouldn't. He wouldn't have even been able to get get it through with the way our country is right now. Okay, so you you said a whole lot of stuff there, and I think that there's so much to break down into this. So, but and I don't want to take too much time out of this. But first of all, I'm agreeing with you on the um, Trump's personality part. Trump's personality is. I would say 85% of the reason why he's just not president right now. Right. It's just his personality. He's a little too... Abrasive. Yeah, he's just too much him, you know, for people to handle. Um, Especially in today's society. Yeah, it's just he, he would have been the perfect president for America 40 years ago where or 30 years ago where, you know, we might have been in a Cold War or something like that where America was looking for a tough guy. You know, and that's what Trump, you know, portrayed himself to be a tough guy. If you remember, was it FDR who had polio? Yeah. And he and he wanted to portray what being a ne tough, tough guy. guy. Yeah. Never, ever showed himself in uh, in a weak position. And that's what Trump was. He he was basing his president off of being this tough guy, this foundational American man. But we're not in foundational America anymore. So why I keep saying it's a communication problem, and I had this exact uh, conversation with a friend of mine where I said what you said. It does not matter if Trump sat down and told the people, hey, look, here's detail one, detail two, da, 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 da. this is what happened, and people would have just been like, okay, right? Because Trump had already shot himself in the leg by being Trump. That's just un the unfortunate truth. And the media and everybody who is up in those powers that be uh, chambers, they already knew that all they had to do was wait on Trump to Trump and they would just take that and twist it whatever way that they wanted mm -hmm. to. Barack Obama, they didn't have that luxury to do that with him. Barack Obama was too smooth with the words and he was so emphatic about being this great guy that you couldn't just flip it around. The guy's biggest issue was that he wore a tan suit. So, you know, Ultimately, it, it, like you got, but it also depends on you got to understand where most of the media leans. But yeah, I, and I totally understand. So that. it doesn't. It's not that necessarily you couldn't flip the words. It was that nobody was really attempting to. Flip yeah, the exactly. Words. So exactly. that's a big difference because what I'm saying is you're saying that there's something Trump could have done different. Yes. I'm saying that. It, there's nothing he could have done because at the end of the day, He's there's seventy-five percent of the media mm -hmm. that's looking for any way to get rid of him to spin what he's gonna say. I, and I agree with you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still saying because one of the more most disappointing parts of Trump being Trump is that there are moments where he he should have been himself and he wasn't. Like in the presidential debate when they said. When Joe Biden said this guy told everybody to drink bleach. First of all, if you watch the video, he never once said that. Right. 
In fact, if you watch the whole video, the expert who was before him was reference referencing bleach and Trump came in and referenced bleach the exact same way the expert referenced it. But in the uh, presidential debate, when he had the opportunity to to write that wrong of whatever the media was saying, he just said that was a joke. And I was just like, you're a freaking idiot. Why would you say that? Right. Because you're now you now are saying, yeah, the media was right. I did tell people to drink bleach, mm -hmm. but you didn't say that. So, you know, in those moments where you have to be yourself, you cow, you know, you cowered it down where I think that for me, that changed some things for me, because when I was looking at him, I was like, bro, this is your moment to make the story right. Mm -hmm. You could have clowned a hundred million people that are watching right now just by saying, yo, just go back and watch the video. And then you come back and let me know when I said it, right? But he didn't say that. So for me, I think that, yes, there is nothing Trump could have done because they already didn't like him. Mm -hmm. They already don't like him. But that doesn't mean you go out without a, without a fight. So for me, I, I just think that if you are, because like I spoke to somebody the other day and I was trying to make this point to them. I was like, yo, look, Trump said all this China stuff a year ago. He did. And they said, actually, Trump said it was the China virus. And I was like, no, he said it's the China virus. But he also said this is to be blamed on China. This is this. And he said all of this stuff. But of course, people only remember the jokey part of mm -hmm. the Chinese virus, the Kung flu, all this stuff. And it's like, unfortunately, the guy's personality shot himself in the leg as well as the media took the other gun and shot the other leg. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, it was like you had these moments where your communication skills were so low that you couldn't you 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 couldn't relay the message. And being a great leader means relaying great messages as a great communicator. And that's one of his weakest, weakest, weakest points, because there are so many issues that happen outside of COVID that he just let the media run with it and he never corrected them where it was like, there was a lot of moments where he could have just said, yo, look, either I didn't say that or you guys flipped it around and whatever, whatever. So yeah, it's a mess, but do you ever think an outsider is going to be able to be president again? And what I mean by outsider is somebody that doesn't come from politics well, it's not unusual in our in our politics. Look at Ronald Reagan. He wasn't a true politician. Yeah, he was. He was a governor. He was. For he California. was a governor. But that's what I'm saying. Somebody that's not in any t any type of politics. Not governor, senator, congressman. Shoot, maybe Caitlyn um, Jenner. You're laughing, but I kind of like a lot of the stuff. Straight from president to um, straight from uh, being a regular citizen. regular citizen to president. Um, I because Caitlyn Jenner will not become president. She won't become president, but she might be governor. Yeah, but then she would. That would be her first step into politics. And then you know, if she moves it, um, it has happened before. Who? I just can't put my finger on it right now. But I do know I don't it think has it's ever happened before. It's always been. Was Chester B. Arthur a governor? <laughs> Back then, I don't know who, who all those things. But I'm saying in the modern times. Oh, Maybe well, the Rock. I wouldn't vote for him, but but I mean he he I, could be I, I don't that think type so. of persona. But I also think these politicians they play a very specific game of they know a certain amount of knowledge and because they want to protect themselves, they want to protect their pockets or whatever. They 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 groom 
the people to become president. Like, whoever thought Barack Obama would be Barack Obama? Because before that, he wasn't somebody we all knew. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He stepped on two years before, you know, doing, like, the Democratic National Convention where he gave that speech. So um, these parties and these groups, they they groom their their people to make sure that they're the right ones who are playing the game the right way. But um, I think that the real issue with the outsider story is that the if you're an outsider, you a have to be rich enough to not care about what these what these people are threatening. Right. And I th- saw that in Trump, not to say that I love Trump or I even like Trump or anything like that. But I think that Trump as a great um, disruptor disruptor in the game where he spoke on things um, with such bravado that I think every time he spoke he was scaring people he was scaring people with the amount of information that he wasn't scared to say Mm -hmm. and I think that you can so easily see the shift in Joe Biden who is this regular degular career politician who the moment you know um, the moment he comes uh, back on everybody's perception of pro- politics goes back to regular regular. And that to me is the first thing that I noticed because the disruptor is coming and the media and the people who control your thoughts, they come out, they come out and they let you know this is not the guy you need to listen to. But when it comes to uh, Joe Biden and all the things that he does, it's just kind of like, oh, whatever. You know, it's fine and it's not a big deal. And they make it all good and rosy and hey, go about your day. Yo, if your life sucks too bad, you know, it's the same thing with black people. We they voted Joe Biden in and and he said that night that he won the first time, you know, he won 90 times. But um, that first time he was like, black people put me here. Black people are I'm going to get your back. I'm going to have your back. But let's be honest. That's not what he wants to do. Keeping us angry at things that we may not even really need to be angry about is the way that they hold their power and they get what they want from us. So why is it in his first six months that he created those anti uh, hate policies for Asian people, but black people have been yelling in, in the streets for the last year and a half. And it's like, brother, man, it's not to say that we're jealous or upset about you protecting a group of people, but here's a group of people who said we want and need protection. And you just are just like, oh, yeah, that's what's up. Anyways, moving on. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So and nobody has anything to say about it. If it was Trump. Oh, even if Trump said, hey, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to do that. They would have found the worst part about it. And and that's the thing. So it's like they're playing they're playing a mental manipulation game with us where it's obvious to see when you're standing back here. But if you're amongst the crowd, they are so easily directing your thoughts, your mind and your views to become whatever it is that they want you to be. And that goes back to my conversation of the hate on business owners. Mm -hmm. Whew. Did you just take it full circle? I sure did. <laughs> and at the end of the day, that's why I said it doesn't really matter. Because at the end of the day, the mass, the masses, I think that most voters in America are uninformed. Yeah. Because they rely on uh, legacy media mm-hmm. to educate them. Mm-hmm. And legacy media has an agenda. Most everybody has an agenda. You have an agenda. I have agenda. We all have agendas. But legacy media's agenda 
is very sneaky. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go for ratings money first, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's best for the people second. So this is what I don't, this is the thing that kind of like is funny. All of these people that hate businessmen, hate Elon Musk, hate um, uh, Jeff Bezos, hate, you know, all of these guys that are like billionaires and all close to trillionaires and all this kind of stuff are fine with CNN, are fine with MSNBC, are fine with um, uh, like uh, uh, all like um, ABC and all these news stations. It doesn't have a face. But the thing is, their drive is the same drive as Jeff Bezos, is the same drive as Google, mm-hmm. is the same drive as Elon Musk. They are all there to make money as much as possible. But for some reason, you don't trust Bezos, you don't trust Musk, but you trust CNN. And you trust MSNBC, mm-hmm. that they're going to give you the truth and everything that you need uh, to be educated. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know, like I said, this is a weird generation that we're in. A bunch of people want to be entrepreneurs. And I should throw Fox News in there, too. Yeah, you should. Because I don't want to make it seem like uh, I think Fox News is telling the truth. I don't think Fox News is telling the truth. They're also led by money first. And so... Well, that's what... Look... That's what business that, is. That is what it, it all is. It's all marketing first. Marketing dollars second. Pick a side. Yeah, and, and then, then just cheer for your of, side, Yeah, right? whatever. So here's my thing. I think that we're in a weird generation where entrepreneurs want to be punished. We live in this. Want to be punished? They want to be punished, but they just don't know it. They (laughs) just don't know it. Entrepreneur. We live in a world right now where everybody has entrepreneurial goals. Everybody wants to be the biggest boss. Everybody wants to do this on their own. Nobody wants to be a worker. School didn't teach me anything, blah, 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 blah. But the honest truth is, if you really want that, then you would be all about yourself first. The greatest entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurs they're about themselves first and they're about the people second and in a good way. The people who are happiest, they they um they cultivate and create wealth and they also help others cultivate and create wealth by either creating opportunity or by um sharing the money that they've earned for themselves. So with that being said, when you want to demonize people for creating things and they get to keep the larger piece of the pie, but you want to do the same thing. Well, what side are you on the people's side or the side of the the demonizers? Because ultimately uh, there were years where I made less money than my employees because the government came and took up a huge fat chunk of my money. And what did they do with it? can't tell you right or because you have costs it's yeah. not even always about the government like payroll uh, employee just gets cut a check same amount of check regardless of if there's more money coming in less money coming same in. old thing and you know to be honest with you i mean i have a great team now but i have worked with people who are only 25 percent capable of doing the work and i gotta pay them 100 percent of the money that i promised them mm-hmm. they're 10% capable of doing the work. Do you know how expensive training is? Do you know how expensive it is to 
to just take time out to explain how to do things to people. It's just, it's a very, very sad and difficult thing, which is why they say it's lonely at the top because not everybody's operating at that capacity. So uh, ultimately, we have a, we live in this odd, odd, odd world where people are like, oh, yes, we need to demonize business owners for making so much money and da, 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 da. But you know what? You're not capable of doing it yourself. You're not even capable of doing your own job. This is why I actually saw somebody say the other day, we have, I don't want to say women, but we have people who have, who have low skills, but they're, they're, uh, um, high earners no not high earners they're um high they have high standards low skilled people with high standards imagine that that goes back to the post of yo if you're making minimum, minimum wage, wage you should you should you can't afford a two-bedroom apartment well minimum wage isn't meant to people that are making minimum wage aren't that minimum wage job isn't supposed to be geared towards you sustaining your lifestyle off of well, you know what? Fred, um, FDR said that the minimum wage is created so that nobody's going hungry. Um, who actually, I can actually bring it up for you. But that that was the philosophy then. Could be one thing, but in reality, is another thing because Thomas Sowell, who is a brilliant economist. Mm-hmm. If you look it up and t- and look up his videos on YouTube about him discussing what the minimum wage, what minimum wage actually does, it actually prices people out of jobs. Yeah, it absolutely does. And the minimum wage is horrible for black people historically. And at, at the end of the day, it once again is the state getting involved in things that actually harm, actually harm does more harm than it does good because the minimum wage has never been a wage that's that's been able to cover the cost of sustaining a lifestyle it never has no matter what decade you talk about it it was never a way no it's never enough it'll never be enough exactly uh and you know what if you're married and both of you make the minimum wage um you would be on average, of, as far as household earners in the United States, and there are people who have become millionaires, but by making the right financial uh, moves off of those type of things. But it's not to glorify the minimum wage; it's to un- help understand exactly what is it and what is it for. For me, when I was earning minimum wage, and when I earned minimum wage, it was eight dollars or something like. No, 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 it was under eight dollars. It was like seven twenty-five. That's what it was. Seven twenty-five. Um, I never once said, oh, yeah, awesome. Like, I'm going to keep this 7 to 25 forever. My goal was, okay, I'm going to learn whatever I have to learn so that I myself can be more valuable because the greatest asset that you have in your life is your income and your ability to earn because guess what? You're here to contribute. <laughs> Look at that. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, FDR said... Uh, Oh, man, uh, there's so many comments. So if you follow the page uh, Facts on Instagram, I know the person who runs the page is a great guy. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about this because uh, it, it's just interesting to see, like, uh, the responses that people gave, like, oh, I have kids. I need a two-bedroom. I'm a single mother. I'm a this, I'm a that. And it's like, dang, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. 
but I don't know why the onus has to go on a business to pay you more when you're not the most valuable person in the company and you don't have enough skills to move up. It's just difficult for me to understand the concept of, hey, yo, you're going to do the same thing. You're not making the company any more money, but we're going to pay you more because you have kids. It's the same reason why you wouldn't pay, like some people wouldn't pay, like you would pay $500 for one thing, but you wouldn't pay $500 for another thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be what kind of value does that thing that costs $500 mm -hmm. bring to your life? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that, you know, entre uh, our em um, employers are looking at from their employees is like, well, what value are you bringing to our company? Mm -hmm. And the employee will never make as much money as the employer. Mm -hmm. And it, it, they shouldn't, you know, they at shouldn't. the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we need to stop acting like we need to stop acting like it's i mean and i think for the i think that there is a certain uh movement that should be where we could be more uh effective as a capitalistic side we, we need to have more compassionate uh, uh capitalism like i understand that aspect but i also don't think that the average person that's yelling that um all billionaires are evil or there should mm -hmm. be no billionaires and all this kind of stuff understand what they're talking about i think yeah, it's I just an easy way. way to get like to be like i'm poor be without taking accountability for what choices why you made am i life. poor right yeah. um it, it's interesting i you know if you ever look up how many people work at amazon and i know people love to demonize amazon because it's not a company that you guys really like or so because they say whatever people don't make enough money but the amount of opportunities that was created at, at amazon is just off of one or two people's ideas and they turned it into that hundreds of thousands of people working and feeding their families at good that. paying it's just like an, it's nobody insane. makes less than 15 dollars an hour at amazon it's insane yeah right um uh, how how can you be upset about that? How, how like at what point does does can you say, hey yo, uh, like at what the uh, the the question what's the is number? the question is what are we entitled to? Right, and here's the thing, everybody has different goals and dreams. Mm -hmm. Okay, could you be stunting a genius by saying, hey yo, you're not allowed to have this? You're not allowed to have this. You worked for it. You created something that created generations of money. And you're not allowed to have this because I said so. D do the people who are yelling this, are they going to get the money? No, they're not. You're going to give it to the government. And did Congress ever shut down during COVID? Nope. No, they didn't. Right. So you're just going to be. They paying. never miss a paycheck. They never miss not one. In fact, I lovely remember the moment when they were putting pressure on um, Trump to sign uh, that bill so that they can all get their money back. But when we were uh, um, get their new uh, budget, but when people were asking for a stimulus tech, you know, I mean, I'll take it. You know I mean, take yeah. your time, you know. So for me, like I, I listened to this to Dave Ramsey and there was this really awesome story of this lady who. She's sounded black, so I'm going to say she's a black queen <laughs> who she's a nurse practitioner out of Atlanta. And she uh, making a good 90, 100,000 a year. Listen to this. 
So she had like two hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of debt, or uh, so two sixty or two eighty something like that. And she went on Dave Ramsey's show about a year and a half ago, and he would. And I guess her story was like she was just like, nah, I have too much debt. I don't know how to get rid of it. I'm a single mother. I have two kids. Blah blah blah. She was making all these excuses, and Dave called her a wimp. And there was another lady who called the show who was a nurse, and. Um, you know, some of the hospitals, they were not actually overflowed with COVID and they didn't have elective surgery. So some of the nurses lost their job. Mm-hmm. And so that nurse was just like, I lost my job. Therefore, I lost my house. I couldn't make the payments, blah, blah, blah. This nurse, though, this black queen um, from Atlanta, she was like, all right, I'm going to take advantage of this situation. She went out and became a traveling nurse and she just got a nurse practitioner uh, job in Chicago. And shout out to this lady because she's like my hero right now. She went from making whatever she was making to earning half a million dollars during COVID. She was making at most $13,000 a week. And she paid off all of her $280,000. And she just called Dave to say, yo, you called me a wimp. I ain't no wimp. And she made that choice to go out there and do everything that she could. And now she's leveling up her life in a completely different way. And for me, that made me so happy to hear because she had all the excuses that the average person has when, um, you know, when they don't want to put their the work in, when they don't, you know, when they want to be, I don't want to say the victim, but when they don't want to move up to that next level. She had all of that until somebody challenged her. And with a little bit of challenge comes resistance. And once you resist against the thing that somebody said you were, it's just like telling the guy you're just like your dad and your dad's trash. Guess what you're going to be? The exact opposite. Right. Right. Uh, If that's what you want to do. But she went out there and she made all that money. She paid all of her debt off in a year. And that story just walked around with me all day today. Um, from the moment I heard it and it was just like, damn, that is just incredible. It's in, it's, it just gave me a sense of power and happiness to hear that. You know what? If she can do it, I know that Sunil can too. (laughs) Yo, and you know, what's crazy is, um, I think that we always focus on who we could blame versus what is the solution. And so we're talking about all of these minimum paid, like minimum wage jobs which are really entry-level jobs, low-skill jobs, so on and so forth, versus how can we get our youth or just people in general more skilled? That I, I'm an education advocate. I'm... And I think that if these same people that are yelling so much about we need a higher minimum wage, we're yelling just as much to how can we get kids more interested in tech and how can we get them more interested in coding? And how can we get more vocational um, opportunities um, in like in these schools? Because let me tell you, the people that I see on a regular basis with the most money coming into my job, which I work in banking, mm-hmm. uh, and I shouldn't say all of it, but I'm saying people that come in jumpsuits that are plumbers, electricians, um, construction workers, they, so wrong. on and so forth, mm-hmm. these guys got money. Yeah. It's a different kind of money. Too. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's and, take your girl money. Yes, and <laughs> and I'm looking and I'm looking at them and you know they're not the people that are in the suits and they're not the people that are like necessarily the most eloquent speakers and the people that are using the biggest vocabulary or that went to four year universities and all this kind of stuff, but financially 
they're a lot more well off than a lot of these people that are four year four year educated college degree so on and so forth so what did they do that they're not worried about minimum wage paying jobs and what can we do to get more people into that but the problem is being a plumber isn't cool yeah but neither is being the burger flipper at mcdonald's and neither is being broke Okay, it's not and it's, crying none of it is and cool. being a victim. Okay, so I think we should make it, make it cool to be a plumber. I think we should make it cool to be uh, be the nerd in school and learn about programming. Let's not just play the video game. Let's learn how to develop the video game. So I'm gonna tell you one of my theories that it's one of my favorite theories. As a person who values and I spread education, I teach at a certain institution. Um, I tell my students all the time, hey, look, you want to do the least amount of work right now that's going to provide you the most opportunity in the future. Don't go around learning something that has very low value. It stresses you out in life and it's good for nothing. Right. So here's my idea on it, on the education system. I think that capitalism has worked uh, against the people. This is what I, I mean by that. Capitalism is a system where if you want it, you get it, right? Mm -hmm. If you want it, you ask for it, somebody creates it for you, you get it. So somebody's walking around creating and solving uh, your problems for you. It's not creating, but maybe creating. So like Apple, they create problems and they solve it. But capitalism is that. So there are people who are going to school, spending their hard-earned dollars, Earning a degree and not just buying, but earning. They're earning a degree that means almost nothing. Right. Right. Like I am one of those people. Me too. I spent a lot of money on an acting degree. I have two degrees. I have an acting one and I have a business one. Uh, and I understand the dream and I understand that aspect. But there are people who are just going to school to go to school. Right. And it's just like, what are you going to do with this? I don't know. I was and just told to do this. this just do it. Yeah. Right. And it's that's such a dangerous thing. But the even more dangerous thing is going to school because the uh, you asked for it. Hey, how come there's no no Zimbabwean educational class or this or that on the third? All types of weird degrees that do not um, provide for our system and our economy and our world that we live in because why you're built to contribute mm. right so if you're not able to contribute then you're not able to get paid right you We're heard about that high. so in that case uh, um, these education systems they're pouring money into things and here's the worst part you're going to go to a school and say you know what I want to learn how to uh, I want to learn history okay I'm going to get a degree in history well guess what school number one is going to do they're going to offer you a history program but guess what number two is going to do they're going to offer you an even better history program with a newer building with a cooler teacher with a better this and a better that and guess what they're going to do with all that better stuff they're going to charge more. charge you more and then you're going to turn around and say well mom this school has a this and a better this and a bigger building and da, 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 da. and then guess what school number three is going to do they're going to make it even better so of course you're going to get this high level education in something that doesn't provide for our system that's where capitalism has failed all the while feeling like you deserve more exactly because you put in work exactly so 
in in this sense where now uh, we've created a system where we can be like the Romans. The old ancient Rome um, started uh, creating money and devaluing their money. And that is one of the reasons why ancient Rome uh, collapsed in itself because it went through hyperinflation. Uh, so it was Rome, Argentina, and what was the other country? I'm forgetting. But uh, that was the, the deflation of countries because guess what? Nobody has skills that are important to the development of the nation. For sure. So guess what the nation has to do? They have to course correct for the fact that they have a bunch of idiots living there. Who's the richest, who's the richest uh, person in a village that doesn't have shoes? The guy with boots. The shoemaker. You know, so and that that's what it is. It's like we want to feel like we're entitled regardless of the reality of what we're actually offering. Mm -hmm. It's like um, the person at, at work that calls off every other day that's wondering why they don't get the promotion. Or why the check is so small. Right. Basic math. <laughs> or the person that's like um, that that it's like nobody would expect in basketball, the person that scores 40 points a game to make less money than the person that scores five points a game. <laughs> right? They should all make the same. Right, but for some reason, we understand that, that, mm -hmm. hey, that guy produces more than this person, yet we don't realize that in our everyday lives. Unfair is fair. And in a biblical sense, I love this because uh -oh. we, I just had a you conversation. You taking us to church? Uh, yes, because I, I had this conversation. We're going to end soon, promise. But I had this conversation with somebody that was saying that they, they just don't love a rich pastor. It doesn't make sense biblically. But you know what? When did God say he wants his people to be poor? There is this parable where uh, there was these three guys. One of them, um, they all had money. One of them invested in something, made his money back, and then some. The other guy invested in something, made his money back, and then some. But then there was one guy. Then there was one guy. Who was that guy? Who took the money and he put it away. Who was it? And it didn't do it. It was a parable. Oh, okay. So it's not a person. It was just like a story that Jesus was Okay. Saying. And he put it away. He hid it. And it didn't do anything. When those people invested their money, they create a circulation of wealth. Yes, they're going to make more because unfair is fair. So in a biblical sense, if they're not stealing from anybody and they've created a circle of wealth, guess what? They deserve it. They deserve it. So... Even God spoke about that in the Paris in, in the in the parable. Uh, it, you know, it says a foolish man spent or a foolish person, as I should say today, gets gets their their money and they spend all of it. A wise man saves some. Mm -hmm. So it's all in our world today. There are crucial lessons that need to be taught, just like we're talking about with the kids learning about these certain things at a certain age. There there needs to be. This is why I can't wait to be a dad. I can't wait because there are some things that I know that I wasn't taught this stuff as a kid. And it wasn't the school's fault. And my parents didn't know. But I know. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to pass this stuff down to to let the next generation know, like, hey, look, this is what you're going to do. 
make sure that you always set something aside. You never know what's on the way. Make sure that you're uh, creating something that um, that creates for the next person. Don't ever be selfish in your adventures and your um, investments and you, uh, the things that you try to do. Understand credit, debt. Realize, Understand it. Yeah. It's very important, and it's not bad to be successful. Right. Even in a Christian world or in a non-Christian world or a Christian household or whatever, believe in the fact that if you work for it, if you reap it, you sow it. And, le- and realize that success can be defined in a multitude of ways and it's not always who has the most money yeah because you can be very comfortable very successful not making a million dollars a year you know what's interesting what i want to say it is the number three largest pool of millionaires in the united states you know who that is no people what profession they are what teachers interesting Teachers who are criminally underpaid. They are the third largest group of millionaires in the United States. Because at the end of the day, a person that's making $100,000 but spending 150000 is not as wealthy as the person making $50,000, but that's only using 30000 Bingo. There's so many lessons to learn. I think we had a great conversation. You had something else you wanted to talk about? Ah, uh, no, nah, we could save it. But I was trying to look on right now to see uh, if there was any updates about the um, Jake Paul, Logan Paul fight. But uh-huh. uh, uh, Logan Paul, uh, Jake Jake Paul says that uh, Logan Paul beat Floyd Mayweather. Obviously, uh, he's yeah. <laughs> but uh, Francis Ngannou, heavyweight champion of uh, of in the UFC, says that. Um, He's upset. He's like, how is Jake Paul or Logan Paul able to make twenty million dollars as a YouTuber, and uh, we're making way less as heavyweight champion of the world in UFC? Well, the the beautiful thing about that is, whew, man, it's about knowing your worth. Yeah. Here's the unfortunate part. I remember watching a Super Bowl with somebody, and they said, no person throwing and catching a ball should make that much money. That money should should go to doctors and teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. In a world, again, where entrepreneurs hate themselves, when you scream out, know your worth, you've got to start believing it. Right. Okay? If you know you can pull a billion dollars in revenue and you're asking for 100000 and then you're going to turn around and say it was the white corporate boogeyman who did it to you, you're the problem, not them. Know your worth, know your value, and demand it. Preach. Okay, I don't want to be up in up in here on Sunday morning, but this dude's all the way on the pulpit. But these the are some box. things that you know have been bothering me all week. So came in emotional out. today. That's a fact. It's the I salmon got, shirt. I have two more hours of this. It was the pink. This. It was the pink shirt. He <laughs> was ready. He wasn't wearing this when we first uh, when I first came in here. Nah. It was suns out, guns out. It was. Then he he wore his emo- emotional pink shirt and all hell broke loose. I mean, it's because somebody ignored me, so I'm <laughs> upset. Either way, weird men on the internet. Sorry we couldn't watch the whole Paul fight, but we'll see you next time. Peace.